Hello and welcome to episode number 29 of The Third Power. This is Anthony Avatolo and I'm here with my co-host, Usman Jamil. Hello. <laughs> Once again, with the, the awesome response, we're still working on that one, 29 episodes in, and uh, we're, we're still working on that one. It's uh, been a while. It's been quite a while since our last episode after we kind of talked to each other and swore that we were going to do more episodes and had it all lined up, and then uh, we've had a, a couple of disasters, like a, uh, a missing computer, and uh, we were all set to record an episode at the... Uh, Indianapolis, uh, in the Invitational for Star City, and had an aborted uh, episode there due to lack of uh, proper software. And but we're here today. There's a lot of new stuff going on, and we need to talk about it. Yeah, uh, I think the last time we recorded was on like what April 29th or something. Oh my God, are you for real? I'm gonna go check MTG Pass, but I'm pretty sure. Let me double check. Oh, it doesn't seem that long. I mean, it seems like it's a long time ago, but it doesn't seem that long. Yeah, I don't know. I'll just double check. See if let's let MTG has load up. I guess. Wow, that's. A... Well, I mean, it could be worse. Could be uh, I don't know. It could be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my calling as being a lawyer. <laughs> I miss my calling as an improv comedian. <laughs> uh, April twenty sixth. <26th. laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'd say we were going to do one in June, then we're going to do another one in June, and then, well, well, we're here now. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, who's that? Marshall and, uh, Tristan did an episode of, was it Magic TV? And they were talking about, like, how we never record or something. <laughs> it's just like, or it was either that or they gave us a shout out and they were like, either they don't record much or they're, like, really conversational. And I'm, I was thinking, like, I don't know. I don't remember exactly. We did get a shout-out, though, so that's all I care about. Yeah, we also got a very nice one on Monday Night Magic as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I was like, damn, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that was that was awesome. That was one of those things where it's like, all right, yeah, we definitely need to need to record. Yeah. But uh, hopefully sometime soon, maybe this summer, uh, I'll be, I think the, there's a plan to try to pick up a second computer here, so yeah, we won't have any more missing computer problems. Yeah, so. sell, sell those sorts of plowshares you found one day. What, did you find, like, 20 of them? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, sell that. Sell that and get a Laffy or something. <laughs> get an Acer or something. Well, you know, I wanted to get something to actually be able to play Diablo 3, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine's, like, a year. Mine's an Acer, and it's, like, I don't know how old, and I can't play Diablo on it. Right. That's kind of sad. So I'll need to pick up something. I think, you know, probably wind up talking to, you know, as it turns out, magic people and computer people run in pretty close circles. You know, there's a lot of overlap. So hopefully yeah. I can find someone willing to help me to build one. Yeah, that would be sweet. So I can do it for a little bit cheaper. Nice. Since I, especially since I already have, like, a, a nice speaker system for my desktop from six years ago. Wow. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so basically hasn't seen the light of day in four years. Wow. After, after moving a bunch, yeah, just moved into a place that wasn't big enough to set it up again, and then moved again, and it was just like, well, all right, we'll just, I still have the uh, tower in, like, the back of my closet or whatever that I can pull files off of at some point. But, nice. All right, that's not, that's not cubing, that's tower, so. <laughs> that's true. I guess what happened yes. is, like, uh, so there's the Invitational, where uh, right. I did the interview with uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Jones. Glenn I Jones. I was about to say Glenn Goddard. I'm like, no, it's a guy in California. Nope. Nope. No, he's in uh, New Mexico. 
Oh, okay, somewhere on the West Coast. Yeah, he's in uh, Albuquerque. He's the he owns a store there. I've played at PTQs at his store. I hear it, I hear his uh, stuff is well run. Yes, he has improved significantly. I am very impressed with with Glenn's recent work. Um, pretty much ever since he started bringing back, he was the spearhead behind bringing back the the states program. Yeah, that was like when in '06 or something. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I'm old enough now where all the years kind of run together, but they, uh, he started kind of putting that back together, and I, I, I've been very impressed with Glenn since then. Wasn't yeah. so much uh, beforehand, uh, having been at PTQs at his store and some of the rules he had, but oh. I don't really want to get into that because he's doing a great job now, and it's not my place to say anything bad. That's good. And there's also, uh, I forgot to say, the, was it the World, WC, was it World Cup something? WCM? Yeah. There was that the in St. Louis. Huge. Yeah, there was that in St. Louis, and I got to Cube with uh, Zach Hill and and a bunch of other people. I think that was the day after I was complaining. Like, I texted a bunch of people saying, like, hey, Zach, I think I put, Zach Hill was like, hey, uh, anybody want to do something at 10? And I was like, sweet, let's see if we can rally the troops. And I texted everybody, and, like, everybody flaked out. They were like, nope, sorry. I mean, a good amount were because of, you know, the, the world, the WCMT or whatever, and that makes at least sense. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people were like, oh, I can't, I, uh... I don't know what other retarded excuses. I was like, this is stupid. I was like, I was pissed. But thankfully, that the next day I was able to get some people. We got That's good. Yeah. But yeah, that was, there was that. There was a uh, GP Atlanta, which I didn't go to because it's in Atlanta. Right, but I did because it was in Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And, uh, Got that's good cubing in. Got to hang out and cube with uh, Justin Parnell. Got to meet for the first time in real life and, and cube with Adam Staborski. Yeah, I was about to say the the, the paths finally met. That yes, yeah, awesome. we finally crossed over. Yeah, it was nice. After nice. on Sunday, we also went out to uh, went out to dinner and I dropped him off at the airport afterwards. So got to get some extra non magical time with uh, with Adam. It was a good time. I need to record a proper episode with him. It's been like way too long. Oh, I'm sure he's down. Yeah. For sure, I'm sure he is down. But yeah, it was. Uh, you said got to got to cube a bunch, um, got to you know got to trade a bunch, got to make a, a bunch of money off of random common and uncommon foils and junk rares I had sitting around and nice. And uh, also did uh, also did an interview for uh, like a magic documentary on cubing too. Whoa, what? An interview for what that? Yeah. This? What? Yeah, I so about that this. Is, uh, it's a project in the works that's going on, and uh, uh, I'll get you know I'll have more information about it soon. I I don't know what the, the working title is, but uh, uh, the gentleman was working on, and I'm an idiot, and I don't have well, I don't know I can't remember, seem to remember his name right now. Is it like that seems good radio or whatever? Yeah, I believe um, I believe so. Okay, He's, uh, he works for cool stuff, and oh, nice. uh, he he did like a doc he did like a documentary on. Uh, on altars, like in the history of like, or uh, misprints and like magic misprints. Oh wow! And things like that. Um, and uh, he's submitting it to like the uh, Gen Con Film Festival. So wow. I think so I think that'll be pretty cool. Hopefully none of this is. Hopefully this is all stuff I'm allowed to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, and he's working one. He's working for one on uh, cubing now too. So he's uh, he interviewed uh, Justin and and myself, and you know he put them all on film and. You know, we were hooked up to a microphone and just, you know, he asked us a bunch of questions and, and answered them. And he's also going to be at uh, the Modern GP and at Gen Con, too, looking to finish it up. So kind of a long-term thing. So that was really fun. That was exciting. Nice. 
Got to, uh, and I, just so happened I had come from a gig that morning, so I had a uh, shirt and tie on as well, so I looked, oh, nice. I looked professional. That is awesome. And that's the one thing I was I was wondering about for this week. I was like, I figured out how to have empty gigs. I'm like, uh-oh, are we going to be able to record this week? Oh, no, today's my, yeah, today's my free day. I'll have uh, two rehearsals tomorrow, uh, and then I'll have a, a gig. Well, I had a gig on Sunday, then two rehearsals tomorrow, like two, two-and-a-half-hour rehearsals tomorrow, and then I'll have... Wednesday afternoon, I think, from like two till four thirty or something like that. I'll have a gig, and then uh, then that's it. Damn. So, but still a good week. Yeah, good. summer work's always good when you can get it. Yeah, I for some reason, uh, music seems to cease during the summer in a lot of places. Hmm. Which you know, that's when people have some people have free time. So I don't know why. Yeah, it would stop, but I guess everybody needs their time off. But yeah. anyway, I got nothing. <laughs> But yeah, that was uh, that was good times, and you know, I so said picked up some cards and got a chance to to try out some some cards, and uh, I'll be doing a, a blog post on uh, I'd rather be cubing uh, probably later on tonight with um, some more details on my uh, GP Atlanta experience and some pictures of some things I uh, some things I picked up. I will not spoil them here, so if you want to see them, you'll have to go over to the blog and check them out. I think oh, you'll like them. There is one of the one of the things I picked up is something I've been looking for for a very long time. Oh, nice! I like the yeah. sound of this. Very long time. It was one of those things where I saw it and I was like, "Jeez." <laughs> that so. So yeah, so good time. Yeah, that was a great time, and well, hopefully I can uh, make it up to Gen Con for the uh, for that as well. It's uh, it looked like it was going really well. And then something, there was a complication with my job uh, that arose, um, and that's right around the beginning of the school year. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to swing the time off at the beginning of the year now. Oh, that sucks. Uh, So we'll see. Also, my birthday is uh, Sunday of Gen Con. Oh, wow. Happy, uh, very belated birthday. Are you pre-birthday? Yeah. (laughs) Happy... Well, I guess for next year, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> birthday today is uh, Adam Stavorsky's birthday, the day we're recording this. So, happy birthday, Adam. Happy birthday. Here's a cake. I don't know. I'm sure he would love a cake. We uh, we had some good food last night. We ate at the uh, Vortex, the like, uh, burger joint in downtown Atlanta last night. Pretty good. Is that, the, is that the one where you had, like, the heart attack burger or whatever? Yes. Or? That's where, yeah, that's where, like, the, they had, like, the double coronary burger or whatever it is. Yep. You take two damage to your upkeep. Yeah, you. Uh, we only get one of those in your lifetime. You know, uh, we always joke around that the KFC double downs. <laughs> you're only you're only allowed to eat two of those in a lifetime. We figured out that two of them is the maximum. Any more than that, and you're dead. But wow. I think, uh, coronary burger. I think you're allowed. I think you can get one. <laughs> I guess they're like, like free pass. I guess it's like infect counters or whatever. Well, no, it's like if you ever there's an episode of Family Guy where Spider-Man shows up and saves him. He's like everybody gets one. Ah, wow. Everybody <laughs> gets one. Wow. Then later on, he comes back and saves Cleveland. He's like, everybody gets one. Isn't that right, Peter? He's like, yep. <laughs> so, well, let's get started with uh, with the usual. Let's uh, let's crack open a pack here. All right. And we're going to do 13 cards for my cube and then two uh, M13 cards that I'm trying. So, uh, all right, let's get started. Are you typing? Yeah, let me... Uh, your, your cursor's right there. Yeah, I'll have to put the mic somewhere uh, where you can still hear me, so... Okay, still hear me. Oh, wow. This is an interesting first card, considering it's a reprint. Rancor. So, is that the M13 Rancor, or is that the... The Urza's uh, Hammer. Urza's Legacy, I guess. Okay. 
I was going to know if that was the M13 card in the pack or not. Oh, no, no, that would be awful. That would be the worst. Uh, oh, wow. Ravages of War, number two. So, I think these M13 cards are going to be irrelevant. Uh, let's see. Number three, Lodestone Golem. Okay. Uh, number four, Ember Hauler. All right. Uh, number five, Pestermite. It's kind of right. nice. Uh, number six, Thoughtseize. Complete with uh, Kanye West on it. Right, right, right. <laughs> number seven, uh, Grim Lavamancer. Uh, number eight, oh, Goblin Guide. Hello. This is a pretty aggro pack here. Yeah, it is. Uh, number nine, Memory Lapse. Next probably would be like Jace Elspeth. <laughs> Wait, what, what card was that? Uh, that was memory lapse. Oh, sorry, I had a I had a memory lapse. There. Okay. Uh, Wall of Omens number ten. Oh, okay. Uh, Eleven. Uh, uh, Vidalkin shackles. Okay. That's a nice card. Uh, Step links. And the last for the regular cards is Crystal Legionnaire. Yeah, it's pretty aggro. It's pretty aggro right there. Yeah, no kidding. And then the other two cards... I don't think any of these are going to be complete with Ravages, which is kind of sad. Oh, no. Yeah, Porcelain Legionnaire is the last one in there. And, uh... Liliana of the Dark Realms. That's all. Type Liliana 3, since I don't feel like typing the whole thing. You mean you don't feel like typing the whole thing? I'm the one that's been sitting here typing. A lot of typing <laughs> that last part, and... And, uh, Flint Hide Boar. There we go. Do you want to replace Ravages, because that makes this kind of easy? Yeah, like, I'm just take, picking Ravages out of this pack and shipping. Yeah. Okay. Alternatively, you could just pick, sh- like, my, my two pick would probably be Vidalkin Shackles. Yeah. But. Uh, oh, Carnifade, that's kind of a blank. Uh, let's try something more interesting. Uh, Cough. There we go. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll take the cost of the hammer. <laughs> cost versus shackles? Yeah, it's cost, to me it feels like cost versus shackles, and I guess it depends on whether I'm feeling more red or more blue that day. Yeah. There are also people who uh, I get inklings from a lot of people, uh, you know, I cube with, who will lean one way or the other, lean more blue or lean more red, yeah. and depending on who's sitting uh, in front of me in the stream, I'll go the opposite direction. Yeah, I was going to say it that way. Because I know there are a lot of people who will, you know, I, I literally know people who just will, like, default blue all the time and people who will default red all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I'll just go the opposite direction. But, yeah, you know, both of these cards are super specific. Obviously, if you're playing Koth, you need lots of mountains. If you're playing Shackles, you need lots of islands. So I think they're very similar in that sense. But uh, I'll, uh, I'll go with Koth of the Hammer here. And I uh, might be able to wield the Grim Lava Mancer on this. Do you um, want to try one more shot at replacing Koth and Shackles? <laughs> oh, my to. God. So much changing. I know. At some point, you know, there's just going to be a bombing card. And since the rest of them are all very good utility cards, any bombing card is just going to replace. Yeah. You know, you're just going to take the, the bombier of the two. So, Better Geist. Okay. And whatever Shackles there is. And Fiend Hunter. So many white cards. Yeah, this is pretty... Okay, so this is at least more flat. 
amongst right, those. Right, like, and the thing is, like, all right, so, I, I guess I could have a question of, is Mono Black supported? Because if Mono Black is supported, then I would probably take, you know, Lily 3 would be, you know, I feel like a step in the right direction. Um, I don't I necessarily support Mono Black. It's just kind of there. I don't, like, put, like, I don't know, cards specifically for it, you know? Uh-huh. Like, some people think, like, Gerald's Messenger is just for Mono Black, and they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's really not. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's just plain black. Plain black aggro. But I don't know. I guess I want to be cool and say a jump on the bandwagon. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, out of this pack, I think I'd take Goblin Guide. Yeah, Goblin Guide's a very strong one as well. Yeah. Um, I've been impressed with Better Guys so far. Yeah, it's been very good. Um, and you donated the uh, the Russian one for my cube. Yes. So, uh, mad props. Welcome. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but like, yeah. Uh, Goblin Guide, I would take Goblin Guide over Grim Lava Mancer as far as the red cards go. Uh, Lily over Thoughtseize for the black cards. Just because, not you know, I could see Thoughtseize being in more decks than Lily, but I think Lily has the higher ceiling yeah. of power. Um, as of right now, you know, I, I'm not 100% convinced I'm going to be running it in my cube, um, but... Because I'm to the point now where I'm not sure if I want to invest trading sixty dollars for a planeswalker or whatever that I may not that may not stick around very long. Oh, just wait till it drops. It'll. So, it'll drop. well, you know, I said that about some of the other ones too. And while they have dropped some, uh, I, I am still short a Soren Lord of Innistrad foil. How much are those? Uh, well, uh, according to dealers at the GP, anywhere between thirty-five and fifty-five. Hmm. Granted, that's not seventy to ninety that it was, but yeah. Still, it's uh, gotta find one for trade for someone to, to pick it up. Though. So, yeah. uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I think I think Goblin Guide is a, a fine one pick here. I yeah. like the Goblin Guide. Goblin Guide, I think is a nice pick. Moonstone Golem is another strong one, I think. Yeah, very nice. Moonstone like Golem, if you want to be the, uh, if you have dreams of being the artifact deck, but I, I can't see first picking it over something like Goblin Guide because it will also go in the Goblin Guide deck nicely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would probably take Goblin Guide if I was if this was like a pack like if I was in a draft like today and do it I would probably just take Luliana to try it out. Sure. Like it's not, it, that's another card that's not really a mono black card like I would just I don't know how many swamps I would need to play it probably maybe at least like five or six. Omg foreshadowing because we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> There's there I missed my calling as a radio person. <laughs> In the 50s, making terrible sound effects. There we go. So, yeah, we have... Uh, foreshadowing sound effect would be... Yeah, it's kind of sound like a theremin. Oh, yeah. I so wish I could learn how to play a theremin. Those are awesome. I mean, they're they're not difficult to learn how they work. I've actually played one. A yeah. friend of mine actually built his own for a, his uh, graduate music technology project. Wow. He has a master's degree in music technology and built his own theremin as his... Uh, as his uh, thesis, basically. Damn. So, uh, do you want a quick explanation on how to play it? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, like, one hand control, like, this, the sound, and the other controls, like, the pitch? Okay, so there's uh, there's an antenna that goes straight up, and then there's a loop antenna that goes around, uh, like, it's on the the uh, <clears throat> the side of it that faces you. 
So there's a loop there. And what you do is you grab, you take your right hand and you grab a hold of the loop or your right hand, whatever, you know, depending on how you have it set up, left-handed or right-handed. Uh, the loop is the volume. So when you're holding uh, the antenna, it's silent. Uh, when you let go of that antenna, the further you get away from it, the further your hand gets away from it, the higher the volume goes. Huh. The, uh, the straight-up antenna, your left hand, depending on how close you get to it and how far away your hand goes, that changes the pitch up and down. Okay. So as you put your hand, if I remember correctly, as you put your hand closer to it, it gets higher as you go closer to it. Now, there's actually a whole system of... Uh, Hand positions, kind of like, you know, uh, similar to violin, but they're basically like hand formants of different shapes your hand makes mm-hmm. in order to control the pitch more effectively. Or, or like chords on a guitar or whatever. Things. Right, right. So they're basically different hand, you know, different shapes you make with your hand in order to accurately play the pitches the way you want them to. Huh. Yeah. Awesome. So it's pretty cool, but inevitably, when you play, you think that the one hand is the other, <laughs> and you inevitably let go or go too far away from the volume one and <laughs> deafen yourself because you, you know, of course, you have it hooked up to like a, a PV or Marshall like stack amplifier, and like your hand <laughs> and all of a sudden just goes, and you're like, ah, <laughs> Marshall. <laughs> yeah, basically, if you can, if you can imagine like the beginning of Back to the Future. Oh wow! <laughs> where he puts it up to all like the microphones and just like. Strums the chord and gets blown back. Yeah, that's basically what happens because yeah. you forget which hand is which. Wow, that has been the music portion of our show. It is. Oh, also, uh, at the end of one of the split, remember the split cast episode we did uh, a million years ago? Sure. He went, uh, David, you know David Merton Jones, who did the theme song. Yeah. He did a full length one, and I was going to put it at the end of that, but I'm an idiot and forgot to. So <laughs> I'm going to put it at the end of this one. There you go. That works. Segway! <laughs> but yeah, that I'll, works. Make sure to, I'll make sure to do that. Because it's uh, pretty awesome. And uh, two, I, I, a lot of people out there, I know, I, I haven't been replying to them because I don't own it, And but we've gotten a lot of comments on the split card cube on the blog uh, entry I did of people asking for the MSE file. And uh, since I don't own it, I'm you know not at liberty to give one out, but uh, there's, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where I imagine that if you do it yourself, you put in a lot of hard work, and I don't know if you just want to give it away to other people. Oh, I don't care. I'll do it. Like okay, because there's uh, there's definitely people asking a uh, a lot of people asking about that. So oh, I, I apologize <laughs> that I have not replied to it. Yeah, I get uh, there have been about maybe I, I, maybe I'll go to the website and take a look. There have been comments of hey, can I? I mean, granted, it would be nice if they said hey. This looks really cool. I mean, some of them have, but a lot of the comments have just been like, "Hey, dog, can I get that file?" Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'll still do it. It's just I'm just not sure about you know legality wise, and that's that's been kind of a like I've been meaning to do an article on it, but it's just like I need to ask somebody in R and D or whatever, just like, "Hey, uh, uh, can I do this?" <laughs> right? Can I talk about an article in an article form? Because I totally want to. It's just like I don't want to be like. For wizards to just you know put the clamp down and me getting fired or something. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, you don't have to do that. Yeah, like here we go. Like uh, there, there have been eight comments. Sounds fun. Any info on the card image file? Uh, any chance? Second comment. Any chance on getting the link to the images? Uh, do you have a full, full spoiler? Um, someone actually replied with you can make them using MSE. 
Uh, at least he didn't ask for them. The next one, can I get the MSC sent to me? The next one, I would also be interested in the MSC. Can I get the MSC file too? Can you guys share the MSC file somewhere? Wow. <laughs> like, I still get, I, I, I guess I, you know, I don't get the notifications because you wrote that. Right, because I like, write the article or whatever. Because yeah, I like, I still get notification, like spam notifications for some, for an article I did on Irwin's, like, cubedrafting.com. Mm. I still get spam ones for, like, it, like, uh, I mean, granted, that's actual spam, not like, hey, can I get this file, but, you know, actual, like, oh, hey, blah, blah, link, blah, link, blah, blah, link, spam, uh, things. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess it's spam. Or it's a notification, like, do I want to allow spam? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. no, no, thank you. Nothing. But yeah, uh, so a lot of people have been asking about that. So, but yeah, uh, we, we have not forgotten about you guys. We're just trying to figure out what the best way to do it without stepping on other people's toes. You know what I mean? Whether it be wizards' toes or someone who put the time and effort into the MSC files' toes, or yeah, it does take a while. Like I remember when I was telling Stuart, I'm like, I'm making all this stuff. I'm making the MSC. He's like, okay. But he didn't want to, like, discourage me from doing it because it just takes forever. Because you have to, like, make the MSC files, uh, export them to a PDF, and then, like, print it. And it's, like, I think it was, like, 47 pages. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate thing was my printer was out of ink when I did it, so I went to Kinko's. Uh... Yeah, so I just went to Kinko's, and, like, they have a little, like, thing or whatever. You put it in, and then you would expect it to just load up and then just print it. Uh-huh. But I was there for, like, 20 minutes waiting for it to load. I was just like, yup. Yikes. Still waiting, and then I'm just like, yup, still waiting. And then eventually it was just like loaded up, and then when it came to print, it was like that. It was just done. I was like, oh, cool, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also, uh, also got some cards signed. Like, uh, this, I had Kenny Mayer sign my steering blades. Nice. Yep, it was pretty sweet. But yeah, also what happened in the time between, uh, Plane Chase 2 came out. Yeah, Plane Chase 2. Yeah. Or, uh, or yeah, Plane Chase... Uh, it's kind of funny. Like, they're calling it Plane Chase 2 2012 edition, but then the next set is Magic 2013, and it's, like, different years they're using for the same kind of, like... You know what I mean? Sure. It's just kind of weird. Like, I understand, like, they want to go for, like, the whole, like, Madden thing. Like, you know, like... Oh, I, I always thought it was they wanted, like, the cars... Because, you know, the model year for the car comes out the year Oh, before. probably that, too. Like, I so if you had to go buy a new car right now, it would be, you know, a 2013... Uh, Ford Explorer or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I, think, I was going I I to tr- try to find some joke to make fun of you about what kind of a car you would buy, but I missed. I don't know. Geo Metro. There we go. Right. I was going to say the Adobe, but I didn't <laughs> know if you would get that reference or not. No. I would get, like, a Pinto or something. The, uh, yeah, the Adobe was a Saturday Night Live skit of a car made in Mexico, made entirely out of clay. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Wow. I remember that skit. Yeah, that, that was going deep, and, you know, I know a lot, not a lot of people are nearly as old as I am, so. Really old. <laughs> but, yeah, we got a, there's a lot of jank that was in Plane Chase 2, let's be honest, there's a lot of jank. Oh, of course. I mean, any new set that for casual stuff, there's going to be some janky stuff, but we got some, we got some really nice ones, um... And, you know, the nice thing, too, is that a couple of them have made uh, legacy impact as well. Yeah. So, you know, if, if they're doing well there, there's got to be something to them. One actually has seen uh, Vintage play. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. Well, let's start so, with one that not, has neither seen, hasn't seen constructed play of any sort. No. Uh, <laughs> which is a Sakashima student. 
Uh, Sakashima student is a two blue blue human ninja, which is a zero zero. Uh, but basically, it's a clone. Uh, you can have it enter play, enter play as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except for that it's still a ninja. Mm-hmm. But it can ninjutsu for one and a blue. Um, and of course, you know, hopefully most of you guys know what ninjutsu is now. This card's been out long enough. But if a creature is unblocked, you can basically uh, pick them up and put this guy in play instead. Yeah, like uh, Ink Eyes. Also, Ink Eye was printed, so you can get one on the cheap. Yes, you can. Cheaper, I guess. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, the, the Ninja one and the uh, Cascade one are, are super nice as far as overall value goes, and you can still find them at retailers like Walmart and Target. So Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this guy is uh, – I picked one up. I haven't put him in my cube yet. I keep meaning to. I just haven't gotten around to it yet, but uh, all indications what I've heard is that it's pretty good. Uh, our friend Zach – commented that he actually had, when he was playing your cube in Indianapolis, had four giraffes messengers in play at the same time. Was it four? I swore it was three. It was maybe just like, <laughs> I don't know, it was bad, though. It was like, he had Phantasmal Image, that, and Sakashima Student. Right, he said he also had the Metamorph. Oh, okay, that probably was, too. It's probably just like a blur, just because there were so many, like, I was at like six life, and there was three of them, I'm like, I can't do anything about this, I'm just dead. Like, I cannot deal with all of these stupid... Right, and if I wrath them, I'm taking eight. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't wrath the board. I, I can't do anything, I'm just dead. And I'm like, yep, I'm a scoop. <laughs> the one thing I thought was interesting about this is, like, it seems like... It, it's kind of weird how certain effects kind of get costed differently over the years. Like, in M13, uh, they came out with a... You know, as, as zero bearing in cube, but you know they—I uh, I don't even know what it's called cauterize or something. No, no, no. It's not, so it starts with a C, but it's like stone rain for three and a red. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just complete garbage, and you know nobody's just strictly worse than demolish. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, stone rain too. I mean, it's just—it's just trash. But it's just like interesting how like that uh, effects kind of went down, you know, higher in cost, like. You know, it's two, three random was too much, and eventually got caught, or too little, and then it got scaled up. And then, like, it seems like clone effects, which is kind of weird, because clone actually got printed in M13. It seems like the cube, the ones that are good for cube, it was, you know, for a while it was just, like, clone and, uh, you know, Sakashima, the, you know, Sakashima the Imposter or whatever. And then we started getting, like, Vesuvian Shapeshifter... Which was fine for a while. Like, I eventually cut it because, you know, blue is, blue is blue. And then eventually got, like, you know, Metamorph and then, uh, Phantasmal Image. So it started going down, you know, just like two for a clone. I, I don't remember if people were, uh, iffy on it, but I remember thinking, like, this is good. This is really good. And it, it, it is, as it turns out. Yeah, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. And this is kind of like in that kind of same vein where it's, you know, two, you know, in a way it's two. It's kind of like Ink Eyes. I never consider Ink Eyes a six drop. I'm always playing it for five. Right. And same with, like, Deep Hours. Like, when I play it, you know, if I had to pay full retail price for it, it's bad news. <laughs> like, oh, no. Right, but the, but the fact is that you're still able to if you want to. Yeah. And that's a, it's an interesting thing here is, like, I think when people first saw this, uh, I think there was kind of, like, well, I think they were comparing it too much to, I think, Phantasmal Image. Well, sure. Because it's, like... Uh, say your opponent has, like, a Titan, 
and you want to just get rid of it for two mana, that's, you can't really do it unless you're, like, attacking with multiple guys, or uh, say you only have one guy, and they have nothing, and you, like, can't clone your own guy. I just heard a lot of, like, you know, just kind of, like, I think inevitable comparisons to, like, the originals. And I think, you know, th- this definitely has the drawback of, you know, which is kind of weird how far creatures have gone, where, like, that's a drawback, having ninjutsu. But well, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily a drawback. I mean, you could still just play it. Obviously, it's it's suboptimal if you just play it, but I think being able to get people definitely has a, a nice thing. Obviously, whenever you can reuse, and we've seen a lot of creatures now with uh, uh, enters play, leaves play abilities, because that's one of the two ways that cre- creatures have improved in Magic. One is that, okay, so let's take Jism Jin, for example. If they printed, if it had not existed before and they printed it tomorrow... You would just shrug at it, like, okay. Well, it was printed in Time Spiral, and nobody cared. A 5-5 five, five for 4, who cares? Yeah, well, yeah, Plague Slaver, nobody cared. Like, wasn't that just played in, like, Times, like, uh, Teachings Mirrors for, like, just to end the game quickly, and that was it? Well, you could also, uh, it was also a side, it was used as a sideboard card against Sliver decks. Oh, <laughs> like the Dormant Sliver deck or whatever? So, yeah, like in, uh, yeah, so you can just, they're like, oh, I have all these slivers. You're like, oh, Pike Sliver, take seven during your upkeep, chump. Yeah, and they had, like, all of Defender, probably, or something. So that was, uh, that was one of the places you used. But, like, literally, if they, if they printed that card now, you'd be like, oh, that's a really cool artwork. But that card is really unimpressive. So yeah, the one part is to make cards better, more efficient as far as power toughness. The other way to make creatures better, um, you know, when I say power toughness, I mean, you know, mana, converted mana cost to power toughness ratio. The other way to make creatures better, is to have them do spell, to be able to do spells. So that means coming into play or leaving play, so you're thinking, you know, Mold Drifter, Venser uh, uh, Creature, um, Flame Tongue Kavu, you know, things like that, uh, Revel Arc. Yeah. Um, or that they actually, you know, have abilities that do things, you know. Um, but you, we've definitely seen more of a push with the, you know, comes into play, leaves play type things. So that's how you make creatures better. Um, so if creatures are getting better steadily because of that reason, then that makes the ninjutsu mechanic even better because you get to copy, you know, you get to do those things again. You know, you pick them up and do them again. That's why cards like Erratic Portal and uh, Crystal Shard see a lot of use. Um, not only are they good at, you know, porting your opponent keeping your opponent off of playing guys, but you can also reuse your own abilities. Yeah. There was one time in a draft where uh, an opponent had, I think it was like a, a, a Shardless Agent and a Goyf, and I had a, uh, a Huntmaster, and the wolf died somehow. I forget. It, it died somehow. But he was like, I'm going to attack with these two, and I forget why, but I think we are talking about it before, and I think he was like, and I think the Goyf was only a 1-2, and I forget, we were talking about it before, I'm like, okay, I'll just block your Goyf with uh, my one two, with my uh, my Huntmaster. He's like, ninjutsu out my Shardless Agent to get Huntmaster, <laughs> and then, like, get my Shardless Agent back. But I think it's definitely, one thing I noticed when I was playing it out was that it's definitely one of the most aggressive uh, clone effects, because it's one of those things you don't, again, don't really think about, is that it comes in and play tapped and attacking, which is really nice with, like, you know, bigger guys, like, especially if you're cloning stuff like Titans or Worm Coils or, you know, other big things. Which is also, and, and even, like, if you're cloning a Skin Render, like, it's still fine. Like, getting a 3-3 that's attacking for 
two mana with the <laughs> common playability. Like that's still right, pretty good. Something. Yeah, and I think it's. I don't know. I think I'm. Ta- I took it out of my cube. Actually, I think today. Like I've been shuffling around with what I want with blue and whatever, but it's still really good. Like I just think it's different. It's one of those cards. I'm like, I re- I want to play it more just so I get more experience with it. And I may just put end up putting it back in today. I don't know. But I mean, it's very good. But it's yeah, just. Yeah, so much versatility. I don't know. And value. There we go. Some value. <laughs> nice. Speaking yeah. of value. Oh, and a worst case scenario, like, even at worst, like, sorry, one more point. Like, even if they have, like, in a situation where you can't profitably attack into it, uh-huh. like, say they have, like, a Frost Titan and you just have, like, a 1 1, you can still play it retail. Like, obviously, it's not a good value playing it for 4, but that's not awful. Like, yeah, say you have, like, a 1 1, like, you have a Squee or something or a, I don't know, a. A Nantuko Vigilante or something. And what I, is Squee doing in play? I don't know. It, uh, same, it's chilling. <laughs> it's waiting to die. <laughs> I'm just looking at cards that are on my desk. I don't know. Like a, you know, Solemn Simulacrum. Anything that's just staring across the Titan and can't do anything. Like, even uh-huh. if, you know, just play play this at four mana isn't... I'm not, like, jumping for joy. I'm like, woo! Yeah, clone for four. But, you know, it, it, sometimes you got to do it. Right. And sometimes that's fine. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's uh. There we go. All right. <laughs> Speaking of value, Baleful Strix. Oh, that's value. Our cross format superstar, blue black one one flying death touch bird. When it enters play, draw a card. This feels this card has been super nice. Uh, it's been nice in Legacy. Um, I, I feel like this is a card um, that exa- is pretty much exactly what a lot of blue black decks want to be doing. I mean, it kills. If, if you don't remove it, it kills any... It's an artifact creature, too. Should, yeah. Shouldn't neglect to mention that. But uh, basically does exactly what you want to do. It replaces itself immediately. Uh, more than likely, it's trading up with either... A, you know, trading up with a spell or another their best creature. Um, and you definitely have some interactions to the fact that it's an artifact, too. Yeah, so and that uh, was like a Menendian's deck that he played in Vintage. It was like he had, I mean, you, obviously it's a lot of harder to construct in a cube, but it's like he had uh, Strix, Welder, Bob. I think he had, I don't know, some other stuff like Vault Key or something or some other broken stuff. But essentially those three were like right. a big part of it. And it's like can trade with Lodestone Golems and you know, a lot of the stuff in the format. And that's that's pretty crazy. Right. And, Adam, you know, Adam played it in Legacy to, with some success as well, you know, in the Tezzeret deck. The yeah. Black Tezzeret deck. And, yeah, that was really good. So, yeah, I'm a fan. I, I've been impressed with it so far, and I dig it. Yeah. I uh, recently got in, in a cube draft with uh, Eric McCormick, who's, you know, Eric on uh, MTG Cast. And I'm actually going to be drafting his cube sometime later today. Like, I got, like, a Tezzeret deck. I just forced, like, Planeswalk- like Esper Control with Planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, nine artifacts, uh, both Tezzerets and Baleful Strix along... Like... Bill's Restricts was one of nine artifacts in the deck. And that thing went to town. Like, sure, I'll turn to a 5-5. Five five. <laughs> right, and you know, sometimes you just have a 5-5 five five flying that touch attacker. And even worse comes to worse, it's like one of the best trump blockers ever. Like, oh, sure. yeah, I mean, for sure. It's like, sure, you want to attack with your uh, Geist of St. Traft? Nice. I'll take right. the and kill thing. But yeah. Well, you've already made your, you know, you've already made your investment back when you play them too. Yeah. So. That too. Like it's just a lot of value. It's just like I'm not 
sure, like, how it's going to cut it in maybe smaller sections. Like, I took out Psychotog for it, which seems, sounds, <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's like, it probably, probably it's, like, between, like, Psychotog, Finkel, Blue Black Tezzeret, and then, like, you know, Demir Signet and whatever. I'm just like, uh... That's the guilt system getting you. Well, I mean, I'm just using it because I'm multicolor. Like, it would be no different if I was just running, you know, straight multicolor. Because I'm only running, like, one guild land and then, like, three others. So, I mean, it's not the guild system that's doing it. It's just competition. It's stupid. Like, if I'm, I'm trying... I want to keep Tez, Blue Black Tezzeret to see if people are building around it more. If people are, right. I'll probably just make that change. Like, I guess... But yeah, I don't know. It's it's good. It's just it's like competition is just super strong. Right. Yeah. I just have a problem. I mean, I understand taking out like Psychotog or whatever to test it. I just you know just Psychotog is from my cube philosophy of if you're a former uh, title holder of best creature ever, you probably deserve to to stick around. Yeah. So, but you know that's just me. Fair but enough. the cards are really good. So yeah, it's very good. Another strong artifact creature, which I actually got in when I drafted your cube, Ethereum Horn Sorcerer. Right, and this was uh, this was a card that was donated to me right before the draft. Uh, <laughs> wow! Basically, uh, yeah, like uh, uh, Ollie and Trazi was sitting there watching our cube draft. And he's like, "Do you have this guy in your?" He shows me the card. He's like, "Do you have this guy in your cube yet?" I'm like, "No, I don't have that guy." He's like, "All right, here, you're taking this one," and like signs it. Auto, you know, like, alters it, signs it, grabs a sleeve, and tosses it in my cube and shuffles it in. I'm like, okay, I can yeah. sit here then. Wow. Wow. That's pretty gross. So, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Talk oh. about Talk about your experiences with it. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet, so. I had it in, like, a blue, it was like a blue, red, green, kind of rampy deck. With, like, I had that and Maelstrom Wanderer in my deck. But it was interesting, like. It, it's kind of annoying that, like, a guy you have to tap out for. Oh, and I forgot to put the bounce ability. It costs, what, one one blue-red blue to bounce it? Right, one blue-red. Sorry, I'm uh, getting accosted by my uh, housemates here at the moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> so keep talking. If I don't talk here, just keep yapping. Okay. <laughs> I'll assume you're not dead. But, yeah, it's just... I don't know. It was, like, that part was kind of annoying, like, having a tap out for six. And, like, I abhor, like, the worst-case scenario arguments. It's like, well, what if you go into a counterspell or something? And that's just, no. <laughs> that argument is just not good. But sometimes you just get into something kind of lackluster, like a three-drop. But I don't know. It was it was fine. In that draft, like, I, I'm, I think there are other cards that are probably, like, you know, I guess I would have wanted instead. But it was, you know, it was fine. Like, it, I got it. The one time I played it was, like, against a a white-green deck that had a bunch of equipment and ground pounders, and it held the ground really well, which is nice. But I liked it. I don't know, I'm not like, OMG, I, you know, I'm, I rarely am like, OMG, this card is awful, or OMG, this card is stupid, good, broken, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's enough to play defense. I mean, you are getting a free spell staple to it. Yeah. Um, it's certainly an exciting card, like Cascade is an exciting mechanic. And yeah, Cascade, that's, and that's something I think, I don't know why, but it felt a little more exciting, like, doing it on Sorcerer and, like, Maelstrom Wanderer than it does on, like, Bloodbraid Elf or something. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just used to Bloodbraid Elf. Well, for gain is higher, because you could hit a 5-drop, you know? Yeah. 
And Kiss, I think I had C. Jang in that deck, too. So I think that was... I think I hit that once. Yeah, like, that's insane. Yeah. As it turns out, getting a 3-6 and uh, 5 more power for 6 mana is pretty good. Well, the other thing, too, is that, you know, it's got that ability there towards the bottom of the card. Uh, I think it's 3 mana, 1 blue-red, return it to your hand. Yeah, and that's and that's good. It's like Batter so Skull. If you're in a grindy game... Yeah. Where you just need to start, you know, get some value to, to kind of get back in, like hey, a control mirror, for example, uh, like a board control mirror. Yeah, or or you or you just want a test spell or something. Right. Also, it's uh, you know, it's an artifact as well, so. Yeah. It definitely has some interactions. Yeah, like it, it does have its own weaknesses. Like it dies to, whatever radiant shaman, but who cares? Like. If someone's going to be like, this card sucks because of that, then no. It's a relatively minor drawback. That's the way it is. And blue-red's kind of a weak color pairing. Like, it's, you know, a couple cards, a few cards deep, but then after that, it's kind of six of one, half dozen another of cards being okay. Yeah, you have, like, you have, like, what, Fire Ice, Gelectro, or Fire Ice, uh, Electrolyze, Prophetic. Uh, Prophetic Bolt. Yeah. And those are the three really good ones. And then you have stuff like Electrode, which is pretty, which is solid. Desperate Ravings, yeah, Niv Uh, Desperate Ravings isn't bad, and like this guy. I mean, that's not like really, really a ranking. That's just kind of like, right, right. It's just like sure cards too. that cards that you'll see, yeah, in this color combination. I'm hoping that we'll see a blue red uh, Planeswalker here soon with uh, both Niv and Jace coming around in Return of Ravnica. Yeah, crossing the fingers, hoping we'll see a, a blue red one. But I'm assuming that. Like, Niv-Miz is going to be a Planeswalker. I don't know about Jace. Like, sure. Oh, I'm sure Jace will be a Planeswalker. Yeah. It's just kind of silly. Like, I'm having all these Jaces. So many more, Jaces. We need more Jaces for the Planeswalkers. <laughs> all right. Speaking of Cascade, let's keep going with Maelstrom Wanderer. So, yeah. Did, did we talk about this before? We did. We okay. did. Uh, I can, when it first was previewed months ago, we talked about it. But yeah. I've had some experiences with it since then, and I like I like it a lot. I think it's awesome. I think it's an exciting card. It's one of those cards that stops gameplay so people can see what happens. Yeah. I have seen, like, there are times when... I think I was playing versus, like, TJ. Shout out to TJ, by the way. Like, uh, he also donated some stuff to my cube. But, like, there are times when, like, he had me dead on board, and I had, like, five lands in play. I, I was like, screw this, it's time to cheat. And I put, like, three more lands into play, and then get Maelstrom Wander from my deck, and, like... I'm obviously cheating, and he's like, I don't care. You know, we're just playing around for fun. So I'm just like, all right, it's time to cheat, and then play Maelstrom Wanderer. There was one time I did that, and I got, like, Mana Vault, Land Tax. (laughs) And I was like, that was the worst Cascade ever. Wow. That's more funny story than, you know, indicative performance. I mean, I'm not sure where I would rank it in terms of eight drops. It's obviously the most... Variant, like it has stuff like Steel Wind and like Bolus and like Sundering Titan, which are all just kind of like you play it. You're unless you really screwed up or unless you're like almost dead on board, you're probably winning after that. Uh huh. With with Wanderer, there's a lot more variance. You're probably winning after that, but it's not guaranteed. You know what I mean? Sure. But usually, I see it like in the like the best applications I found. And it's like this and, like, Shardless Agents. Like, if people are going to say, well, it sucks if you cascade into it with counterspells, I'm like, 
A, that, yeah, that sucks. B, I usually don't play in Counterspell decks anyway. I usually play it in, like, you know, red, green, splash, blue or something, or, red, or like, with, like, two Counterspells or something. And if you hit both, well, don't go outside during a lightning storm, because you have terrible luck. <laughs> right. I don't know. Uh, go, go on how it was for you. But, but I, I, like, it was good, but... Yeah, it's it's been very good for me, and I'm happy with it, and I'm happy as... I, I, I don't mind running, in my cube, I don't mind running a... Uh, all a three color card for each combination as long as they're good enough to play. Yeah, I'm kind of doing something like I don't run the cycle like because they're just like so many bad ones like like so many bad tries like. Uh, oh yeah, like I'm not I'm not running one of each yet, but yeah. when eventually they do print them, I'm more than happy to put them in. Yeah, like I think for a while I was running like uh, Bolus, that, and you know Nakadle or something, and that's fine. Like, I think Steelwind may have been in there for a little bit. Like, it was in there and then out of it. But again, like, you know, whatevs. And there's All the right. train. <laughs> there's the train. It just died. <laughs> Happy with it. All right. Yeah, it's very good. Or Cascade. No. Yeah, Shardless Agent. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, when his horse spoiled, like, it was spoiled as, like, a blue-black. And it was, like, as a blue-black 2-2 with Cascade. I'm like, this card's... Ridiculous! Like this card is just stupid, and I think people were like, "Oh, this card might not be good enough." I'm like, "What? Huh?" And then it went to like green blue, and I'm like, "This card's still stupid." Like, like if it's real, I'm putting it in over Mystic Snake, and I think someone was like, "No, Mystic Snake's better." I'm like, "No." I mean, Mystic Snake, I think I, like Mystic Snake, but yeah, I think like multi-color section with which to work than a couple people. So yeah. Like that was a like, like that was the weakest card in my blue green or whatever. I'm like this. Okay, it started the Mystic Snake, and I, I forget what his reasonings were. They were I don't remember, but yeah, like that card. You have uh, Edric, Edric, Edric Trigon, Simic Sky Swallower. Yeah, and, and then yeah. So how happy how happy have you been with Shardless Agent? Very happy. OMG, I'm I'm very happy. Like again, like again, it, it's like oh, like sucks if you get with counter spells, but like again, most of the time I just don't play with counter spells anyway. Or like I'll splash it, like a red green splashing blue for like that, and like ancestral visions or something, or ponder or, or not ponder, but like Sakashima student. There we go. <laughs> right. Told that card is not on my desk right now, but you know just. And even then, like, usually as just a tempo guy, or just uh, a dude on turn three in, like, a blue-green deck, is almost... Yeah, it's just a value guy, because most of the time you hit, like, an elf. Yeah, it's, like, a better, or at least a riff on, uh, like, in those scenarios, it's, like, a riff on, like, Civic Wayfinder or whatever. That's fine. Yeah, or, like, I, mean, I they, saw it uh, enable, like, a turn, uh, turn four mirror battle ball. Because <laughs> it was, like... Uh, like, uh, turn one, I don't remember if it was an elf or whatever, uh, turn two, far seek for the green-blue duel, um, at another land, turn three, hit a cascade, uh, Charles agent into, uh, Rafelos. <laughs> wow, I thought Tinker was going to be involved, jeez, so... That's no, no, it's just Rafelos and make a million mana. Nice. 
So, you know, untapping on turn four with like eight mana or something like that. Jeez. That's so, yeah, there's, there's lots of little value plays. Uh, I had it in the deck recently where I had Ancestral Vision in the deck, but unfortunately just never had to cast Tribeless Agent ever. Oh, mwah, mwah. Yeah, so, happens. It's like, yeah, even like, I'm just looking through my cube for stuff. It's just like, uh, a Knight of Metagreen, sure, that's fine. Uh, a Sally Pride Mage, sure, that's fine. Mother Runes, okay. Just like, yeah, it's just a nice value play, like, I really and hate... it's an artifact. Yeah, and it's an artifact, which is nice. Like, sure, I'll, I'll get some more mana from our academy, from this guy. Right, exactly, or I can reveal it to this, or I can, you know, do other things with it, or I can tinker, I can tinker it away. Yeah. After like, hitting my uh, free spell. Yeah. But I'm, I've been very happy with it. Like, I think that's kind of like, you know, just kind of like the worst case, where it's like, well, if you play in blue, you'll be playing counter spells, and if you get counter spells, then it sucks. It's like, no, that... Isn't that, that is not how it plays out most of the time. Yeah, maybe, I mean, sure, I mean, but sometimes you also hit, I mean, I hit removal spells off a of Bloodbraid Elf. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Or like, or hitting a Devil's Play off a of Bloodbraid Elf is, or like a Bit Blast is awful. Yeah, you just, just don't cast it. Yeah. Or if you do, or if you do, and it's, and it happens, it's like, okay. Or like Devil's Play is fine, you're just like, alright, I'll put it in my graveyard and use it later. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll, I'll kill it later. Or, you know, I'll just flash it back. But yeah, it's, it's fine. Like those, I mean, those are the kind of risks you have to take. Like those cards. I think I ended up counting up how many counter spells were in my blue section, and I don't have it on me. I think it was in my review, but it was something like maybe seven or eight out of I don't know, maybe like fifteen or something. It was a lot less than I thought uh-huh. in blue. And then if you count the other colors, you know, like black or green or red, you know, that waters that down as well. Like if you're only in like rug or something, and you have, like, you know, Searing Spear, Bolt, and you know, these other things, it's like, okay, those, like, Shrine of Burning Rage that I totally didn't reveal right now. Or whatever. It's just like, yeah. Or, it, like, if you, run, if you hit a Condescend, like, okay, that sucks, but, okay. You, you hit it. Like, next next game, see how it does. <laughs> like, this is not the be-all, end-all of the card. I think yeah, that's... I, I, I've, been, uh, I've been pretty happy with it. Uh, no, no complaints for sure for me. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have too much more to say about that. I, I've been real happy with the the commander card or the plane chase cards that I've used so far. Now there, there are a few other ones that you know might have some potential, uh, like that angel, the uh, illusory angel. Yeah. That is basically you know if you're uh, if you support the blue tempo, the blue skies type thing. Basically, you know, uh, probably going to be a four four. Flyer for four, because you're going to have to cast another spell first. Uh, by the way, it's two and a blue, four, four, flying. Cast it only if you've cast another spell this turn. Uh, so, you know, ponder, and then play this guy. Yeah. Uh, play my Mox Diamond, or my Mox Chrome Mox, and then play this guy. You yeah, know, turn two. On turn two, right. So, I mean, that's... Turn two, four, four flyers are pretty good, I heard. <laughs> so I hear. <laughs> so, you know... There's uh you know there, there's ways to make it work, uh, but if you support that, I think it's something you can certainly look at and make it even better in a power cube where you just sandbag your mox for a turn and you're just like, you know, mox emerald this guy, okay, yeah, I got Ooh, four four. cast them on turn one. You're just like lotus, uh, <laughs> yeah, and they're like sweet kill it. You're like ah, now I'll play my land, but 
you know, I think there's, there's, I think out of the the rest of them, that seems to be the one that that interests me the most, anyway. Yeah, there's some other ones that are kind of meh, like Brindle Shoat and Sigh of the Shinobi. Like meh. Yeah, like Sigh of the Shinobi is kind of interesting. It's got the uh, like the prison term mechanic that whenever a creature comes in, you can equip it to it. Yeah. But wasn't there something like that, like Grifted Blade, Grifter's Blade in Ravnica? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. It was in terms of the one I remember the most out of that type of thing, where you can move it around when something new comes into play. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But yeah, I think there was another equipment before oh, like that. Yeah, like Ro- and I think it was also like Ronin War Club, but that cost like a thousand mana. If you weren't like right. getting it that way, it was like three mana. But, like right, but it has to only be on a samurai, right? No, it was just like. Three mana, it was like plus two, plus one, and it was like auto-equipped if something new came into play, but it cost five mana to do it the hard way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So for that much mana, that, I mean, that's batter skull mana right there. But yeah, that, not, not much too much else. So, yeah, Magic Bear 2013. Uh, should we just jump into that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's uh, anything we want to say necessarily in a lot of cards to talk about, a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. I can say that in general, um, now that the full spoiler is out, I'm not super impressed with the amount of cards in 2013. Uh, from a from a collector tournament player standpoint, um, yeah. there are a lot of people who are excited about some of the cards, but I feel like this is very much a, uh, a casual player set. I mean, we see a lot of reprints that are of very Timmy-type cards. Um, yeah. Battle of Wits, Door to nothingness. Uh, there's some other stuff like Rancor, which is Gilded Lotus. You know, is a, a very much a casual card. Uh, Reliquary Tower. Yeah. Is that printed as an uncommon? Uh, yes, I think it's reprinted as an uncommon. Okay. I, I can't say that for sure. I but it was an uncommon the first time around, so I'm assuming it'll it'll be the same this time around. Yeah. Aren't those worth something? Oh yeah, they they were certainly. How much were they? I mean, you they you could buy list them online for anywhere between like I'm going to say somewhere around two to three dollars each. Wow. And you know, foil ones significantly more than that. Yeah. Jeez. But uh, I'm sure the price of those will now drop. However, yeah. now you'll get access to foil Korean and foil Russian ones. Oh wow. I guess foil Korean, foil Russian, I guess would have been available before. Yeah. But uh. Good luck finding them. Yeah, foil Korean. That'll be a that'll be a nice one. That's a thing, yeah. So, so you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm not super impressed with how many cards there are for cube, especially for being a big set. But you know, it is you know half reprint, half half new cards. So yeah, I don't really know what I was expecting necessarily, but we did uh, get a couple. I mean, we got uh, some planeswalkers at least. Yeah, there's a couple planeswalkers and some other cards. And uh, well, let's let's start with one that uh, is definitely going to be an in. And I think can can spawn another topic as well, yeah. and that's uh, a Johnny Collar of the Pride, which is uh, one white white. So we have a three drop white planeswalker. Starts with four loyalty, uh, plus one. Put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target creature. Uh, neg two target creature gets double strike and flying until end of turn. And negative eight, the ultimate is get X two two cat tokens where X is equal to your life total. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Like, the funny thing was, like, because I went to the Invitational, I think it was on Friday, I think? It was, like, Friday night when I got up there, right? 
was it Friday night? I'm trying yeah, to think. Yeah. You got yeah. up there Thursday, so yeah, you got there Friday. Okay. So I, I get a text from TJ saying, like, he's, like, saying, like, whoa, new Johnny is sick. And this is when I'm, like, packing everything up, like, packing up my clothes for the trip. Invitational. So I'm just, like, I'm, like, uh, what is it? And then he sends me the text uh, explaining what it is. And I'm, like, wow. I guess that was me blinking. Right. <laughs> I was, like, I was, like, wow. That's good, That's good pod right there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that card is stupid. And I, I didn't, you know, my cube was, like, in my trunk. And, you know, just, like, you know, I did, couldn't figure out what to take out for at the time because, you know, I was packing. So I just wrote it on a piece of paper, like, wrote the ability on, like, a piece of paper. And was like, a Johnny. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, this is going in. I'll figure out what to take out for it when I get there. But, like, like, this card is stupid. I did the same thing with, uh, whatever, the uh, Liliana, too. I was like, I think I was, that was more of a, I want to try this out, but still, I was just like, I'm writing this on a piece of paper, I'll figure out what to tag out for it later, and there we go. But yeah, like... I, I've had a lot of experience playing, because uh, I got to play a Johnny in your cube, new Johnny, when we, when we drafted, I had the, the black-white token deck type thing. Yeah. And then was, I also got a chance to play it in uh, a few drafts this weekend in a Boros deck. Um... It was very good every single time I played it. The four loyalty effect of five loyalty as soon as you do it is a lot. The first ability is just enough to do something. You know, plus one, plus one counter is pretty good. I mean, it's not awesome. It's not amazing, but it's super solid. Uh, the negative two is also very good. I mean, I just kill people with it multiple times. Like, oh, hey, this guy's big enough now. Okay, take nine, take ten in the air or whatever, you know, just a five-five. Um, yeah. Also, may have had a draft recently where I uh, both a Johnny second ability and Elspeth second ability to guy. Ah! What? So, yeah, plus three, plus three. Oh, and double strike and flying, strike. flying, and you're dead. Whee! So yeah, super thumbs up for me. This I, I've been very impressed. Um, but I think what this does. Because I think we've hit the saturation point for white planeswalkers. Probably, like I, I think there are. I, I think there are a few too many mono white planeswalkers now that are too good. I mean, what are there? Five, six now? I, think I it's mean, five. like I could. Like, that's a lot. I could see cutting Elspeth Tyrell. And that's what I'm going to do. I believe. But not because of like the whole OMG too many planeswalkers thing. Just because like when it comes to five drop, she's kind of weak. So I can see cutting her for that reason. Right. And, well, the thing about this guy is that he is an aggressive planeswalker. Yeah. And it's a lot like the original Ajani, where it was like... Original Ajani was so good that he had, like, a blank, a, a nearly blank possibility, a mostly blank ultimate, and was still, was still ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, this gives us uh, five mono-white planeswalkers uh, that are very good, so we have... Both the Johnnies, you have both Elspeth, and you have Gideon. Gideon, yeah. And then you also, you know, if you want to talk about just White Planeswalkers in generals, in general you have Lord of Innistrad, a Johnny Vengeant, and Venser. Venser, yeah. I mean, that's eight Planeswalkers with, you know, with White in their cost, you know, White Planeswalkers that all can do some work. So yeah. I, I, I think, you know, 
I, I just feel like the, it's too much for one color until the other colors get caught up. But to be honest, I really don't mind. Like, I don't think other colors are necessarily... Like, I think he was, like somebody I was talking to was like, I'm going to put in, like, Soren in my cube or, like, original Liliana to help them catch up. And I was like, those cards are just bad. Like, you know, just like... You know, if you want to put Planeswalkers in because you think they're objectively powerful cards, that's fine. But those cards are just, like, compared to what you're taking out, are worse. I forget what he was considering taking out. But, like, original Liliana, like, I haven't had her in my cube for some time. And I remember people, I think, were just like, oh, no, what are you doing taking out original Liliana? I'm like, because it costs way too much mana. And it has, like, minimal board impact and... Like, she's obviously ridiculous in, like, the counter, like, the control mirror or the mid-range mirror or whatever. Uh, like, I took her out just because she wasn't doing enough. And, like, Soren was the same thing, was, like, you just didn't have enough impact for six mana. I mean, I definitely do want, like, say, black to get some more good planeswalkers. Like, blue, blue, I think is, you know, it has a good amount already, but, like, if, an- if another good Jace comes out, I mean, I don't care. I'll put it in. Like, sure, I'm- but even then, it's, you know, still going to be behind where right. white is. What yeah. is just so far, you know, far so far out in front of the other colors as far as planeswalkers go? I, I can, you know, I, I definitely think in I, I'm going to get rid of Elspeth in order to make way for for this one, just to try to keep things dialed back. You know, not necessarily. I'm not, you know, if they come out with new ones, yeah, awesome. They're in. They're the new face of Magic. They're we and you know we have a whole episode based on this that it's going to take a while. But I just feel like it, the white is just really starting to kill it, as far as as far as good planeswalkers go. And you know, my removal of Elspeth just for being the weakest of the bunch, um, just to you know. And although you know, if you support a token theme, obviously it's very good there. Um, just to try to keep things a little balanced planeswalker wise, because I really feel like I'm on the verge of cutting both Liliana, original Liliana, and Soren. Yeah, and well, it's I just like, and then black, because black is just brutal. Like, yeah. black needs help. Yeah, I mean, but then again, like, I don't think that's going to really help. Like, I think it's a, definitely a critical strength of whites, but I don't think it's, like, too good or whatever, just because, like, I think the, the phrase too good gets thrown around way too much incorrectly in Cube. Just like, this card's too good, like... Uh, the, all the cards are good, like... yeah. Well, I think it's just, like, I think people tend to say that, too, when they, like, lose to a card or they feel there's a weakness, but they're addressing it the wrong way. Sure, like, like they're, right, they're weak to too many Planeswalkers, um, so their answer is to remove them instead of adding more other elements to deal with them more effectively. Yeah, like, I put in a bunch of Flash cards. Like, I put in Stone Cloaker, and I think I put in Cloud Thresher for a little bit. I don't know if it survived, but I put in a bunch of, like, Flash cards and like that to deal with planeswalkers and like if, if we're getting more like planeswalkers. mathematics flashcards like two times two and on the back it says four. Yes, we got we have put in flashcards. <laughs> Sweet. The funny thing is like the way I write my eights is pretty much just because of like some flashcards I had as a kid. Like it, I, I looked at it kind of recently, like so that's why I draw them like that. Huh? Huh? Yeah, but you know just like stone cloaker I put in just as like a good flash answer for planeswalkers, and I think that's the way. Like, I, I really, like, with, like, I've heard people talk about, it's like, too many planeswalkers are too good. Like, I'm putting a contagion class because, because I like planeswalkers. I like being able to interact with them. And, sure. I, and you just, like, I really want more cards, like, more manlands would be good. I want more good answers to them, but I think, you know, I just think that, you know, going and, you know, cutting planeswalkers because there's too many is just, 
like, counterintuitive. And I would write an article about it, but, you know, like, Parnell and Teoskiel wrote both art, both wrote articles about it, so it'd be kind of awkward for me to say no, but, I don't know. It's kind of, <laughs> I guess, I'll go on my soapbox instead. Take right, right. Take, take my own soapbox. Yeah. Take my soapbox into my own hands. See, and these people are, they aren't getting their uh, drinking in, apparently. That, that's why right. I've been missing the show, because <laughs> I haven't got my soapbox. <laughs> but yeah, and also, in, uh, in that draft, I remember, like, I'm not a big fan of the card on its own, but, like, I drafted Contagion Engine in that deck with all those Planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. That did some work. I mean, obviously, I, yeah, I don't have room for Contagion Engine in my cube, but it's just, like, that was... I, I definitely also just wish there were more good proliferate cards for cube, but and the clasp has been surprisingly good. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Like, I kind of look at it, like, as, the, as, like, an artifact version of Squee, whereas, like, on the surface, Squee is terrible... It's just like, why do I want a 1-1 that keeps coming back that does nothing? Like, it can hold equipment, or be greater Gargadon, or, you know. But it has, like, a bunch of other incidental uses that make it good. Sure. And Contagion Class has been like that, too, where it's just like, Planeswalkers are the first ones that come to mind, but even just, like, if you have a good amount of incidental uses with it, then it becomes, you know, a lot better. Whereas, it's the same with Squee. Like, you don't run Squee in every deck, but you're going to run Squee in a deck that has a lot of positive interactions, like, say, with uh, Massacores, yeah, Survival of the Fittest. Yeah, I was going to say, like, 2x Massacore is, I think, it's fine for running Squee. Like, Molten Tail and Razor Mane. Or, or, or all three of them, I don't know. <laughs> right. But yeah, I don't know. That was, I don't know how I got in that soapbox. Is that two shots? Jeez. <laughs> well, yeah, remind me to get into shots later. I'd like to talk about shots. Uh oh. <laughs> I'll put, here, put a note here at the end, because uh, I would like to. To bring up something here. Oh, what is going on? Polly, what are you doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, my cat. Is, oh, it's okay. Uh, a bit strange here. Oh, also, up here? also... Also, you know that topic they were talking about earlier about how creatures have gotten better in terms of come-to-play effects things? Uh-huh. That's why Birthing Pod has been so good. Uh, all right, of course. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, are you running Birthing Pod? You gave me that. I have not. I would suggest trying it. Um... I've seen good things. I'm not I'm not running Green Sun Zenith currently either. Yeah. Uh, I traded away my my little Green Sun Zenith for like a million dollars. Oh yeah. I, I would definitely wait till rotation. Uh, I mean it's I'm not it'll definitely lose some value for sure, but you know, still sees legacy and uh. Oh right, right. Dry it out. Drop a little bit and same thing with pods. Like you know they just made a event deck with pods in it, so. Oh. Nice. I'll have to, to find a, a foil pod. I think I had one of those a long time ago too, but I traded it at the height of its value. So nice. I have a pod to replace it. But yeah, I don't know. Like pod is just one of those cards where I don't, it doesn't it doesn't terribly excite me. It's just like you know, obviously it's a, a good value card or whatever. But I don't know. It just doesn't terribly excite me. So it, it, it's good in just like decks with a lot of ETB guys. Fair enough. I mean, obviously, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'll sacrifice my germ. That's my germ, get a Lanowar Elf. Right. That's my Lanowar Elf to get a... Alright, let's keep going. Okay. Knight Knight of Glory. I've been trying this guy, he's been pretty... Oh, I guess I should say what it does. One and a white for a 2-1 human knight. Pro-black, exalted. Yeah, just a super solid two-drop guy. Uh, Pro-black is a legitimate protection color. And uh, exalted's nice. The main thing that sells, like, or at least makes me consider it is the one in a white. Like, yeah, it's not just, the double white. 
Yeah, if it was double white, there's no way I would play it. But, like, it's been a solid, just filler guy. You know, just like your the aggro decks need a good amount of just filler dudes that just attack and block and whatever. Even just, like, going Isamaru and then, like, this guy attack for three is fine. Like, that's that's mainly the decks that I've been using it. Like, I don't know if anybody who is, like, I've been trying it in my cube since it came out just to get more of a feel on it. Uh-huh. And I don't think anybody's been like, man, this card is ridiculous. This card's so good. I mean, it's no Stoneforge or whatever or Dark Confidant. Sure. And if, like, I'm cutting any, if I cut, an, if I have to cut a two-drop from my white, it's going to be that. So, you know, I wouldn't advise people to get, like, a foil Korean-Russian signed by the artist, you know, artist proof or whatever. But, you know, it's it's fine. It's a nice filler guy. Like, I don't know where I would rate it compared to, like, uh, you know, Knight of the White Orchid or Knight of uh, Meadow Grain or uh, Lone Missionary or something. Like, Ugh. yeah. I mean, it's definitely better than Lone Missionary. But yeah, I, I I definitely see the value in that card, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I think it's I think it's fine. The the Knight of Glory. Yeah, and I've played it a few. Once again, I've played it a few times, and I've been I've been pleasantly surprised by it. You know, it's I, it's always just been a dude, but I have definitely been more impressed with it the more I play with it. So yeah, and the random pro black isn't bad either. That's what I mean. Like it's it randomly is important. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I want a game. I want a. a a game the other day just because the only removal my opponent had was black removal. And it was just like, take three. He's like, play a black guy. I'm like, cool, take three. Yeah. Take three. Don't like, care. Oh, look, hey, played, uh, played the next card we're going to talk about, Sublime Angel, Archangel. Take five. Yeah. Oh, man. Sublime Archangel is so good. So two white, white angel, four, three, flying, exalted. All of your other guys, all of your other creatures have exalted. Yeah. That card is very, very good. Like, I think that was another kind of, la- like, as soon as it got spoiled, I'm like, it's kind of weird. Like, I forget my first impression of it. I think some people were texting me about it, or I think I may have texted people about it. I'm like, this card seems really, really good. I think I texted Kenny about it. He's like, yeah, this card's really, really, really good. I'm like, I want to get home so I can try this card. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, uh, it's been super nice set, so, you know, another card I've had a chance to try out some. And like, I've been uh, pretty happy with it. There's some there's some kind of like corner things which weren't really apparent till I tried it. But like, like say you have like a two two. I'll, I'll say Isamaru again because because I can. Let's say you got an Isamaru. You play this guy. It automatically gets plus two plus two, so it's attacking for four, which is really good. And that's just like a small like you know just like a small thing where you just play it. Your guy gets plus two plus two till end of turn. Mm-hmm. And just like other cases where, you know, just like. Sometimes it gives you a choice of whether I think we're talking about this for a little bit, like after we went to what's that place Boca de we don't have Boca de Beppo? yeah the place that doesn't have what's those anymore no uh, no keys anymore yeah and, and you were not happy nope no nope. no nope. we were talking about it a little bit and I think our conversation got kind of cut off or something but like it takes like it takes like a little bit of like if they have a certain weakness like say if they if your army has a guy with shadow. Like a Soltari monk or priest or something. Yep. If, you're just, if you get to a board state where it's just like that's their weakness, you attack, you attack for two. Like that's their weakness, but you're only able to take two points of advantage out of like say if they have a suit of armor and there's like a little a big like hole in it, and you're just like able to pierce through for two. 
patented strange Usman analogy, take it, take another shot. But other times when it's just like, after you have the army, you're able to help, like, push that advantage further. Say you have four other guys, mm-hmm. including the angels. They're, they're taking, what, seven or something? Yeah, they're taking seven from that monk. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's it's absurd. Like the the amount that it can do, you know, the the way that it can basically tear open small weaknesses. Yeah. You know, the the one game that what you had talked about on Twitter where I was playing, um, I definitely could not. You know, the the board was stalled enough that I if I attack with all my guys, I'm just not going to be able to make any headway. But just being able to attack with a flyer, you know, and he had I think like a four four flyer or something like that. Yeah. What it was? He had a cloud goat. Yeah, it was a cloud goat ranger or whatever that, you know, and it was just like, well, that can just kill. If I attack with a bunch of, you know, a couple tokens, it's just going to eat them and I'm not going to make much headway. But by swinging with one token, I'm attacking for seven or nine or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's absurd. Yeah, he could chump block it once, and he's like, make my guy fly, block it, and it's like, okay. And then he died next turn. Like, I've heard the argument, like, well, he could just attack with everybody else and deal as much damage. But like you said, I really could not. Yeah, like, there are times when, like, they have guys, like, the combat math isn't going to always work out. Like, sometimes you can just attack with some all your guys. A lot of times you can't, because they have other guys. Like, especially if you're running tokens, like, what are your Spectral Procession guys going to suddenly get through a Glenelender Archmage? I mean, granted, they can also just chump your guy. And it's kind of annoying when they have guys that can just chump. Mm-hmm. Like, if he had a Glenelender Archmage, that could have been awkward. But you still would I mean, it doesn't just... matter. I'm still abyssing him. Yeah, you're still, yeah, you're still just killing his team. And worse comes to worse, even if they can't, you can't take advantage of that, it's still a 4-3 four, four, flyer for 4, which is good. Right, who, when they attack by themselves, it's going to be a minimum 5-4. Yeah. So. Grant, even if it's, like, attacking with, like, a bunch of knights and bears, oh my, it's still a 4-3 flyer. I mean, granted, nobody's playing, what's that, Conundrum Sphinx? The 4-4 four, four flyer... Right. Where, like, you know, you fl- you know, both players look at their top flyer. Right, right. Yeah, nobody's playing that, and granted, but it's a lot better. Like, nobody's playing Shock, but people are playing Firebolt because of the added bonus. Well, and it turns all your, uh, the thing that it does, too, is it turns all, like, your random Deuteromancer into extra damage. Yeah, like, all of your... It turns your Mana Guys and your Grim Lava Mancers and stuff like that. I mean, granted, I love Grim Lava Mancers don't work on its own, but just by the virtue, it turns your walls, turns your O4s into extra damage. Yeah, you know? like your uh, what's it? Your mortar pod is an Akrasan Squire, right? It turns like all these little guys, and that's kind of I think something we kind of learned from uh, like Elishnorn and Massacre Worm was like all these. A lot of the times in the late game, you'll have these incidental little tutus that are just hanging around, like these one ones that uh-huh. these elves that are doing nothing, and it's like okay, uh, they're uh, like kill them all or turn them all into four fours or att- make them Akrasan Squires and attack. Right. So, yeah, this is a card. Like, I kicked out a Calciderm from my cube for this guy, for Sublime Archangel, and I've been very... Yeah, I, I have a feeling that's what I'm going to wind up doing, too, as much as I like Calciderm. I, I think that's that may be the guy who uh, gets out, so... Yeah, it's... All right. We, we're that, still only on white. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm glad we only... Like, we highlighted a bunch of cards where, like, I listed everything, and then was like, I'm just highlighting the good cards, and maybe we can come back to them later. Nope, we're not. <laughs> no, probably, probably not at this point. All right, yeah. let's. I am not. I, I am not impressed with blue at all. 
I'm just gonna go ahead and say that I. Uh, I like like curd bird is okay. Yeah. I mean the curd. Boo, boo, how dare you? I uh, you're, you're I quit. You're off the you're off the team. Ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not a not a fan. Uh, like nothing impresses me enough to want to kick other things out. But uh, curd bird is Arctic Avon, which yeah. is uh, a two and a blue. Uh, Bird Wizard, it's a 2-1 flying, and it gets plus one, plus one if you control planes, and you can pay a white to give it lifelink. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to Solid. Yeah. How has Skin Shifter been for you? Uh, which one is Skin Shifter again? It's like a two-mana 1-1, one, one, and you can spend a green to turn it to Oh, yeah. Before. That guy got kicked out of my cube months ago. Was his paying a green a pain in the butt? It just wasn't very good. Like, but like basically what happened is every almost every single time you paid for the activation to do something, they killed it. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> You're like, hey, I'm going to turn it into a 4-4. They're like, sweet, it's dead. You know, yeah. No. Hold that thing. Yeah, it, it was just very unimpressive. It never really did what I wanted it to do. Um, unlike cards like uh, Morphling or Eight and a Half Tails where I'm fine with having to pay mana for their abilities, I just found that the activating that guy's mana just got in the way of curving. Well, I think the thing with, like, say, eight and a half tails is, like, even if you're not pumping it, it's still fine. Like, even if you're just attacking with it as a grizzly bear on curve, it's still fine. It's still doing its job. Oh, and it, I mean, and I've literally had to wrath a, you know, I'll be, you know, playing a control deck, and I'm at, you know, eight life, six life. And that's the only guy on board, and I have to wrath. Yeah. Because it's going to kill me. They have enough mana, and, and I'm going to die to this guy unless yeah. I fast removal it. Yeah, because your, your spot removal can't kill it. A giant caller of the pride pre-orders $70 out of stock. 70 For foil ones, yeah. Oh, I was about to say for regulars. I'm like, what? Uh, foil 70 Jeez. Well, okay, that's not surprising. <sighs> it, I have a feeling that's going to drop, but I don't know. Yeah, of course it will drop, but... Yeah. But, like, this guy, like, Arctic Aven, in a way, I want it to be, like, a, a kind of more aggressive Nighthawk. And, and, and objectively, it's a very strong, like, in terms of stats, it's very good. Like, three mana for 3-2 flyer is pretty, pretty solid. Right, but it's a it's a white-blue card, for sure. You know, and, but by your guys' standards of judging, you know, the curd cards, it's a, it's a, it's a white-blue card. I, I would consider it a blue card, but, you yeah. know. Just for classification purposes, but... Yeah, different strokes. Sure. Was a show with some guy. <laughs> We're just talking about Usman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, like, like, I, like, when I've been testing him, he's been, he's been pretty solid, but, like, the paying a white to give it lifelink, like, I want it to be, like, a more aggressive Nighthawk, in a way. Like, Death Touch matters somewhat. When, when playing Nighthawk, it, you know, has, you know, ability to trade with well, Nighthawk also survives bat fights with bears. Yeah. Which this guy does not. But to be fair, when I was playing him, most of the time I wasn't blocking. I was just, like, trying to attack and then, you know, gain three. And that really helps, like, make up for it, I guess. Like, it's a pretty... It's it's a lot worse at defense, that's true. Like, if they're attacking with, like, their Lightning Maulers and Zozu the Punishers or whatever, like, it definitely... You know, sucks a lot more to have this guy on defense than a Nighthawk. Uh, why are all the cube cards so much money? Foil pre-order? 
Uh oh. How much is uh, Liliana? Uh, fifty. <laughs> let me think. Let me see here. Oh, I, thought, I, 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 I maybe like might have been sixty. Let me see. <laughs> Not that we've talked about Liliana yet, but. <laughs> oh, but we would. Oh, sixty. Sixty. Hello. How you doing? Guess uh. Guess what other card we talked about already? That's fifty. Uh, so why Mark Angel? Uh huh. Wow. Uh huh. That's surprising. Um. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that's so. I, yeah, I mean, like once again, I could see using this guy if you're like if you like the nice tempo decks, if you're a blue skies person, if you really like like the Bant, you know, supporting like the Bant archetype or whatever as a as a tempo aggressive archetype. I could see this doing good work there too, but. It doesn't nearly it doesn't excite me enough to, to drop other cards from and I you know I've I've have since also cut some of the other cards like Mind Shrieker and things like that that I've been trying out yeah. some of the some of the other more tempo oriented stuff and I just haven't been super impressed but the thing like the reason I asked about uh the skin shifter is because like the paying one mana is kind of annoying yeah the way it was when I tried this guy it's like man I, I don't didn't think it would be and it really was yeah and it was like I remember thinking before a skin shifter like. Man, it's like a four mana. It's like a four four for two. That's 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 really good. And it's yeah, that was a real thing. And that's the way it is with this thing. It's 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 a real thing, and it's annoying. Yep. So that that's been my impression. I'm trying it out for a little longer, just to get more experience with it. But I feeling like it's probably not going to cut the mustard. But it's a card I really want to be good. Like I want it to be a more offensive Nighthawk. Sure. But it probably won't be. And I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Next one, uh, Augur of Volus. Uh, do you want to read it? Because you've been reading cards aloud? I don't know. <laughs> so it's a 1 3 for 2 for uh, 1 blue, uh, Merfolk Wizard. When it enters play, look at the top three of your library and put an instant or sorcery in your hand. So yeah. it's like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ezreal? No. Oh, Seagate Oracle. Uh, Seagate Oracle, it's a combination of Seagate Oracle and the bleed white one uh, from Ravnica block. The three mana one, one three vigilance that you can look at the top three and put one into your hand. Huh. There was I the white one that bled blue that was the two oh, one uh, comes to play. Court Hussar. Yeah, Court Hussar, Court Hustler. Yeah, he's, uh, it's kind of a version of that card, you know, so between those, between Seagate Oracle and Court Hussar. Yeah. But one three, and you put a only can put a spell in your hand. Like that's okay. I mean, you're getting a a mana premium out of it. The problem is that you like somebody on someone on Salvation did the math, and I think it's like in order for it to hit like seventy five percent of the time, you have to have like fourteen or fifteen instants or sorceries. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean it's possible, but I mean you just have to like do a lot of work to get that and. Like, right, like to, to run. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess he blocks just fine. Yeah, like, he's a really good blocker. The, the thing about those kinds of cards, like, those build-arounds is, A, it's not necessarily as obvious unless somebody, like, unless it breaks out and constructed. Like, I think Delver was a card, you know, nobody cared about until people started, you know, it, it, it was in the illusion deck and then became its own monstrosity or whatever. But I think, like, I don't know if people are going to necessarily want to make those sacrifices. Like, for example, like, the Tezzeret deck, where you have, like, original Tezzeret and new Tezzeret, it's pretty... They're very tangible rewards, and it's pretty good rewards for building around it, you know? 
Uh-huh. Like, say if you put, like, like that te- like that Tezzeret deck I made, for example. It had, like, nine artifacts, all those Tezzerets and whatever. Like, there's a very tangible upside. It was like, okay, so I'm drawing, I'm almost guaranteed to draw with, te- with blue-black Tezzeret. I can fetch almost any of them out with original Tezzeret. I can do all these, I get this huge toolbox and all these things available to me. Whereas this, you're just kind of getting a value guy. I mean, he's good, but I don't know if it's necessarily something you want to build around. Like, let's say you have Augur and uh, whatever, Delver in your deck. Like, are those going to necessarily make you build a spell-heavy deck? I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't know. Like, I would try it, but I don't, like, to, to borrow a phrase from, like, you and Kenny, I don't know if it would excite me enough to do it, you know? Right. Like, I, like it naturally fits in, like, uh, like a blue-black disruption-heavy deck that has, like, Inquisition, Kozilek, and him to Torak and all that stuff, or, like, Counterburn. But I don't know. It, it's, it, like, objectively, it seems like a very good card. I just don't know. A, a, I don't know if I have room for it, which is, you know, the eternal question when it comes to blue cube cards. But it's just, like, I don't know if it's going to excite people enough to build around it. Like, or if it's going to be worthless slot or anything. I I don't know. And then, yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm not convinced this card's better than any, you know, any other card that, I already have in there, you know? Yeah. And that, too. It's just, like, again, just, like, is this better than anything else I could be running? It's probably... I mean, it may very well be, but I don't know. I just don't know if those conditions are there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know. It's... It's a big question mark. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had much of a chance to try this card, to be fair. And I may find out more if I test it out, because I, I mean, I have to write an article about this, so... <laughs> right. I'm going to need to find out. I, I, I don't know. Take a shot. Take several, actually. <laughs> Just for good measure. <laughs> yeah. All right. It, it's an interesting card, for sure. Moving on. Do you want to talk about any other blue cards? Uh, Whatever. Omniscience. I, I'm going to see that. That's probably going to go straight to the Moto Cube, but I'm not running it. That card's... Yeah, Omniscience. That's another uh, pre-order foil that's going pretty high. I'm not surprised. How much? 40? Um, I want to say 30. I passed the page. Hold on. Okay. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> you loading? Beep. Yeah, I'm backing up. Okay. 20. 20? That seems actually kind of cheap. Huh. Maybe I should use some of my store credit on it. Probably not, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Talrand seems not bad. Like, you know, two mana, uh, four mana, two, two. When you play an instant or sorcery, put a Drake and a two, two flying Drake into play. Like, again, it's kind of like. I'm not sure if it's better or worse than uh, Bloodline Keeper. I mean, it's, it's got to be worse, right? I mean, it's only a 2-2 on its own. Uh, does it fly? I don't believe so. And you need to you need to have an, another card, another specific type of card, in order to get your first 2-2. I think if you build the deck around it, then that won't be too hard. But it's also pretty fragile for a 2-2 that does nothing on its own. Yeah. And that's format a two two that does nothing. I mean, at least like something like you know, am I taking Sorb Temptation out for this guy? Well, no. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, am I taking Venser out for this guy? No. No. <laughs> Are taking Dungeon you Guys? Know. Am I taking Dungeon Guys out? No. no. You know. So. Whatever happened to Dungeon Guys? By the way, that card was like worth five bucks for a while. Yeah, it's well, it's uh, I, until Vapor Snag leaves the format. I think when Vapor Snag leaves the format, you'll see. Uh, some cards rebound. 
Just oh. how, like, there were cards that were held down when Flame Tongue Kava was in the format. Just yeah. because playing them just meant, for example, Lightning Angel. Like, all it meant was that your opponent just, you know, pay four mana. Take three. They take three. Okay. Put it in your graveyard, and they have a four-two. Yeah. <laughs> That's been good. You know, I think I think uh, there are a number of cards that are being held back because of uh, because of Vapor Sang and the Delver deck. Yeah. So, Fair but that card's still fine. I mean, I like Dungeon Guys. In you know, I've I played it some constructed, and I still like it just fine. Yeah. Uh, it's just obviously not as good as it could be because of you know, Vapor Snag. Vapor Snag. Yeah. Uh, so, well, the breaks. And like yeah, yeah, and like Void Stalker, another card, like two mana for a two one. Spend two blue and tap it, shuffle this and target creature into their Ober's library. Granted, technically we put it on top and then shuffle, but that seems kind of weird. But like if it had if it didn't have tap, I would totally put it in my cube right now. But like having yeah. tap is so annoying. This is like it, it that removes a lot of the like flexibility out of it. Like you know, it's just like, I wish you could just play it as, like, an awkward five-mana removal spell at worst. And right, right, right. Like, right, five-mana removal spell if you need it. Yeah. But, like, and then maybe some kind of, I don't know, like, I don't know if, they, if that makes it so that you can do it multiple times by, like, responding it to it. I don't know. I'm not a rules lawyer. I don't know. Right. Well, I'm sure that's why they didn't do it. So you can't just be like, that guy and this guy and this guy. And you, well, well if, that, if, they, if that was the case, they probably should have just been, like, use this ability only once per turn or something. Or both of them need to be in play for it to happen. I don't know. Yeah, some. I don't know. Not not particularly impressed with the uh, blue cards in general. Oh. Yeah, a lot of them are just kind of mid. And that's also, you know, a byproduct of blue being pretty awesome to begin with. So. Yeah. It's like Studio Fifty Four or whatever. Like. Yeah, it's really hard to break into. You know. It's really hard to break into, a you know a color like blue. Yeah. So many there's so many great cards in it already. Yeah, and there's you know, a lot of direction. You really have to bring some game. Yeah, and there's a lot of interesting directions you can take blue into, and I think that's, like, something I want to talk about maybe in an article. Like, you know, there's a lot of directions you can go, not just, like, necessarily blue tempo, but just, like, a lot of different cards and what they bring to the table and how they can, you know, give strengths. And just, like, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's just blue is just so good. But, yeah, I don't right. know. Just like well, let's talk about black cards. Uh, Disciple of Bullis. Green and black for a 2-1 human wizard. When this enters the battlefield, sacrifice another dude. Uh, and then you gain X and draw X, where X is this guy's power. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm going to pass on it, just because the, while the effect could potentially be very powerful, um, and, you know, there are certainly ways to abuse it, you know. Exalted, even. Right. I, I, I don't feel like a format at 2-1 in which you have to sacrifice other resources... Because let's be honest, it, it needs to be a significantly sized creature, or else why are we playing this guy? Like, I mean, how good is this card? If you, you know, if you got a card that said, I, I, you know, I don't know, just I think like you have to, you can't. I mean, you're not sacrificing one once, right? I was about to say, I think I, sacrificing a two two, it doesn't seem too embarrassing, right? But it's still like, I, you know, I'm trying to think of a, a, an analogous thing to that of, you know, well, like a greater good draw, like. Moldrifter is, you know, a five mana draw to, which yeah. you get to keep him, and you get to play with his effects. I mean, that's a bad comparison, but I feel like unless you're in a lot of trouble and you're digging for cards, you don't want to be sacrificing most three plus power creatures. 
I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't mind, like, sacrificing, like, a Tutu, like, a Man of War that's done his job. Like, or, like, a Necrotal. Like, there are a lot of those guys. You know, it's just, like, you get these value Tutus, like a Necrotal or a an Burdian Shaman or a Manic Vandal that kind of do their thing, and they're, they're a two-power guy, so at least they have some kind of lasting impression. And sacrificing those guys isn't the worst. Like, that seems like, that seems like a fine deal. Like, so yeah, I mean, that, I, I'd almost, I, I almost like want to say that's probably one of the the best deals, you know, like because if you're if you're sacrificing a three power guy, like at what board state is a three power guy not significant that you want to get rid of it? Um, I think it depends on the board state. You know, as much of a cop out answer as that. Is. <laughs> no, and that's what I said. Like, what board states are there? I, I don't know how many there are where that's a good answer, um, especially in the early turns. Like, this yeah. guy doesn't seem like something you always want to be doing on turn four. Like, I feel like this is a card that you want to draw a little bit later on and turn something useless into something that does something. Yeah. It does combine really well with equipment. I'll give it that. Uh, yeah, and it also combines really well with Kakusho. <laughs> yep. Or any dragon, really. The, the Kamigawa one, that is. I mean, you take five, uh, I'll gain ten, ten. And, and draw five. Yeah. That seems fine. Oh, really? That seems pretty good. Like, I'm just looking through cards in my cube, just, like, things, like, there are definitely board states where, like, that one, for example, like, where you were the mono, you were, like, the white-black uh, token deck versus the... Oh, uh, yeah, right, yeah, attack with Exalted, post-combat, play this guy, draw nine. Well, I was going to say, just in general, like, I'm guessing you probably had some tutus that were just hanging around doing nothing. I'm, I don't remember. I was just kind of, like, halfway watching... I think I was playing Zach, and I think I was dying. Was I playing TJ? I don't remember. I don't know. I was playing somebody else, so I was kind of half watching the board state and saw that saw that whole you attacking with a nine nine spectral procession guy, and me being like, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, I think I was. I think I, I think you were playing Zach. I think I was. Uh, I was battling somebody else. Might have been TJ. I'm trying to remember if it was a four man or not. I think it was a four man. So I think I was battling TJ. Yeah, it was a four man. I, I think you were playing somebody else. I don't know if TJ was there yet. But yeah. I don't know. I was yeah. crushing some fool. You're, yeah, you're crushing somebody. Or, I don't know, like, I think there are definitely board positions where it... I mean, but granted, it's a really hard thing to really theorize. It's just like... Right, it's just going to be... This is. I, I think you're absolutely right about that. I think this is going to be a... We need to, to test it and find out. Make a note. How good it is in practice. I'm going to make myself a note. Well, what else was I going to test? Oh, Augur and Bolas. Augur. So, uh, Bolas cards, basically. Yeah. I'll, Bolas is a... Even, you know, how he's, like, all mysterious. Even his cards are mysterious. Right, it's like, is this card any good? Yeah. All right, Knight of Infamy. Yeah. Like, that's seems like... This is the uh, black version of Knight of Glory. So instead of having pro-black, it has pro-white. Two unexalted for one black. Yeah, and I think this is better, the better out of the two. You think so? I don't know. Maybe. Here's, okay, here's, here's my opinion. I feel like, because, you know, I had both of them in that black-white deck. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had a chance to play and mess around with them both since then. I feel like the white one is better right now because the white deck more effectively plays the aggressive game. Fair enough. Um, I think this one might, might be a more important cog in the black aggressive strategy, because you need, if you want to have a black aggressive deck, you need cards like this. So yeah. while it may be a more important piece, I don't think it's going to be as successful a piece out of the gate. 
because it doesn't because the deck's not as good as the the deck that wants Knight of Glory. Yeah, we're not jumping on the whole. We're not jumping on the whole OMG Black Aggro sucks bandwagon. I'm assuming. No, no. I mean, you, but that's good. <laughs> are you? Are, 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 do you not agree that the White Aggro deck just puts the Black Aggro deck to shame? Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree there. I mean, I think Black is really. I mean, I was, I was having a conversation. I think with uh, Parnell uh, this weekend. It was just like, man, like White. You know, has become really awesome. White was really bad for a long time. White because become really awesome in the past few years, uh, and now they're really pushing green. Like green is starting to get some really nice stuff. And like, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think. Black like, cards are just. Ugh. I think like, black has been getting kind of a push, but I, I'm trying to think of like green or black has been pushed more lately. I mean, I green. I feel for sure. I mean, there's there's a lot of really super nice green cards that have come out in, in recent years. Not as many as white, but yeah. Right, like, right. I don't feel as embarrassed to play green. I think black is a really tough sell for me to play in cube right now. I like it in a black-white deck, but and maybe like a black-red deck, but it's it's hard for me to play otherwise. Like I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't mind myself trying to avoid it. I don't mind playing black. Like Black-blue is fine. Like It's removal... Is unfortunately spot removal is definitely worse than white, probably worse than red, which is kind of awkward. Like, but unfortunately, it, they can't really print like a a uh, you know source of plowshares. Like the closest is like just member, and then after that it's like vendetta and like ugh. Right. It's like okay, what do we do now? So you know that's that's my that's my contention with it. But no, I mean I'm I definitely like for I mean black aggressive decks can definitely work. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like more, now more than ever, black is becoming the color that you have to pair with other colors, where, you know, green had that stigma for a really long time, but I think green is starting to gain a lot of strength on its own. Yeah. But black, nah, nah. I'd like to see it get better. That being said, I think the card's, I, I think the card's nice if, you want, if you're pushing, if you want to support the black aggressive deck. I think the card's important. I, the, the non-double color cost... Is nice. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I'm down. Seems fine. Yeah. I'm more excited about the white one just because of how it continues a strategy that's already very good, but... Yeah, also it works nicely with the um, Archangel, because then it gets double exalted. Right, right, exactly. You're like, Archangel, oh look, this card has exalted, exalted. Yeah, like, you have dog. Cascade, Cascade. Yeah, yo dog, or <laughs> do like Blood Braid Elves. So, we put a Blood Braid Elf. Oh, I read, have, like, the Cascade Exalted deck. Yeah. I did when I was testing, uh, when I was testing Exalted Angel, it was, like, an Anaya deck, and it had, like, Bloodbraid Elf Cascade into, uh, it was, like, Cask, uh, Cask whatever, the Archangel, and the next year, Bloodbraid into Kelvin Marauders, attack for, like, a billion. Ooh. Yeah, it was pretty sick. <laughs> awesome. Take more damage. Take All right. Liliana of the Dark Realms. Woo! That's a that's a planeswalker. Two black black for three loyalty, plus one search your library for a swap and put it into your hand. Minus three. Uh, target creature gets plus uh, plus X plus X or minus X minus X until end of turn, where X is the equal number of swaps you control. And negative six, you're you get an emblem that your swamps tap for black 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 black. Yeah. All your swamps are like Lake of the Dead or whatever. Right, Lake of the Dead without sacrificing them. Yeah. So here's the thing. 
if this put the swamp into play, who that it? Oh, that would be dumb. That would be just stupid. <laughs> uh, they probably did, and then probably in testing, they probably did that, and they're like, uh-oh. Like, probably, yeah, this is too good. Yeah, uh, we, can't, uh, we can't do this. But it does say, you know, effectively it does say, you know, plus one draw card. Um, you can use it as a removal spell right away. I mean, it kills it, but it does get a removal spell. I think in one of the games with the blue-black deck, I ran this combo of getting a plus X, plus X, and then using the three mana of Johnny to then give it double strike and flying. Ah. I think I ran that in one of the games. Yeah, I think I, I think I saw that, but I'm not sure. Um, and while the emblem is very good, it's not close to the other emblems that we're, that we're seeing. It's probably one of the worst ultimates. Yeah. Like, at least a lot of the ult- other ultimates help you win. Like, a gold mains was probably one of the more meh ones because it was like, I think I in all my years of cubing, I've seen a Johnny Gold mains ultimate go off once and then it immediately died. Right. Like you, I was like, sweet, I finally got an avatar and it died. And I was like, oh, okay. Not not surprised. And this. Well, I think this is also the. Uh, I think this is the worst emblem. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, cop emblem. All your mountains kill your opponent. Sweet. Fencer yeah. emblem. Every time you cast a spell, vindicate something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, original, it's better than vindicate, you know, like... Yeah, original OG Elspeth, like, all your stuff's indestructible. Right. Like, that's that's pretty good. To me, though, none of your cards hit the graveyard permanently. Yeah. So, like, you get to cast your spells endlessly. Yeah. Like, all these are, like, ridiculously backbreaking. This, you get a bunch of mana. Yeah. And it's going to require you to have a very specific set of cards in order to take advantage of it. Things like X spells. Uh, because let's be honest, like, how much more mana, unless you have X spells, how much more mana do you need if you've already had this in play on turn, let's say, four, picked it up three times to get three more swamps, mm-hmm. and then... You know, emblem it right away. Yeah, and it's like okay. Sure. Much better. You can hard cast an X spell or whatever. Like right, you can hard cast like your big, your big mana things, I guess. But you can hard cast Gristlebrand. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, Gristlebrand. Or unless you're running like Eldrazi or something, like running Emrakul, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the uh, you know, I, I'm just not sure how how good the uh, the emblem is, the ultimate. Just all in on making sure that the other abilities are good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it being a two ability plane blocker. Well, it's, it has, you know, it has plus or minus. So. This kind of one and a half or two and a half. I don't know. Two point five. Yeah. I, I just I'm trying to think of situations where I would ever use the third out where I would ever use this emblem. Oh, emblem. Oh, whatever. Emblem. Yeah. Like. Be a point of. I think I would just want to keep using the the other abilities alternatively. Yeah. Rather than working up to the emblem. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Are Are you far away from Mike? Yeah, I'm a little far away from Mike. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, for the most part, it's a blank. Like, I guess it's kind of like original Ajani. It's just kind of like a blank. Emblem or whatever, or blind glass ability. Don't don't really care about it, right? But um, yeah, 
So, you know, that's, that's my hesitation about it. Uh, well, it might be fine, and it might be good, I think, for for me, uh, who wants to put, you know, actual foil copies in, I think I'm going to wait on this one, not only for the value to drop, but for also to, for basically for other people to get some data on it. Yeah. Like, so far, it's I, been... Before I make the commitment. Like, it's definitely been solid, in my experience, like, uh... You know, there are times, like, we'll have to play, like, the world's worst removal spell ever. Right. But a lot of the times it's just, like, okay, play a land, like, when I played against Felix, another another shadow, but, uh, like, he play, he had, like, some kind of, like, white, I think it was, like, a some kind of deck with Armageddon, and he deadened me with, like, Liliana out, and he, like, he had me kind of dead on board, or not dead on board, but I was pretty screwed, but I was like, okay, let's get some lands, let's do this. Right. And I was definitely able to dig out of that Armageddon because of Liliana. It was like going, okay, get some lands, get some lands. And there's yeah, I mean, that's and that's certainly a good application of it. Yeah. Like, perhaps in like a uh, a wild a red black wildfire deck. Yeah, or I was just saying like a black even like a black based control deck, like like getting the lands out of her deck in a control deck is really nice. Just being able to Make sure your draws are better, and being able to ensure hitting your late drops is really good. Right, and also it also gives you a shuffle every turn if you have things like Sensei's Divinity Cop, yeah, or Brainstorm or something, or uh, Sylvan Library, or yeah, any of those card selection type things. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm lukewarm on it. Yeah, it's def- it, like it's definitely better than I thought. Like that was kind of a late, like when I went to Indy, I wrote that on a piece of paper too when I did the Ajani. I'm like. I'll try this too, and then wrote that on a piece of paper. Like I took out Midnight Haunting for New Johnny. Like I was talking with Kenny about it, and I was trying to figure out what to take. I was like, "All right, I think these are what I'm going to take out." And I think it was like Makeshift Mannequin for Liliana. Uh-huh. And we're talking about it. And he's like, "Yeah, that you know seems good." Like not a lot of the, like Midnight Haunting is kind of meh. It's like not really like a build around card, or it's more of like a role player, I guess, solid role player than you know a home run or whatever. Sure. I guess Mannequin, like, if I had to say right now if I thought Liliana was better than Mannequin, I would say so. I'm not, like, I'm not, like, gung, like, if I was being asked, like, if uh, New Ajani was better than Midnight Haunting, I would snap say yes. Sure. Liliana, I don't know, I would, you know, I would say probably. I'm not, like, super saying that Mannequin's better, but I would probably say it's better. Sure. But yeah, it's, uh, I guess that's not the most... Right, <laughs> not the most uh, ringing endorsement, but but you know I like I like mannequin because of the instant speed nature of it, and and you know the the thing I found with this one at least you know I had this in that blue that black white deck as well, and I just literally never wanted to cast the card if I had anything else to do. Yeah, and that's so I think it like... definitely belongs in a certain play style, and and that deck wasn't it. You know yeah. I would always rather play a creature or a different planeswalker or something else because. Me putting it in the play and then drawing a swamp wasn't exactly the the high impact I wanted out of trying to attack my opponent to death. Yeah, and I, I don't know, like maybe in like a, like if it was a blue black deck or something. Yeah, yeah, no, if it's a blue black deck, it's way better. I just think that, that was really showing to me that this is not a card you want in in every deck. The aggr- in right in the more aggressive minded decks where I think five drop Lily or six drop Soren could actually see play in those decks as like a curve topper. Uh, these not so much. Yeah. This one, not so much. So. Any other black cards you want to uh, bring out besides uh, Murder being an awesome name? Yeah, Murder, great name, not good card. Like, 
There's there's the eye blights ending already and and rent flash like merge just seems unnecessary and and worse and those cards that suck anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bile rebirth is interesting, but eh. Like I'd rather just have another removal spell or something on Earth or something. Sure. I don't know, just some. It's kind of filler. But yeah, yeah. Want to go in red? Yeah, let's talk about some red cards because red obviously has some pretty good. Red's got, I think, some uh, some pretty good ones. Yeah. Uh, I think out of all the colors, while white definitely has, I think, two very high impact cards. I think uh, red's got a a one high impact card and then a bunch of real I, a, a number of super solid ones. Yeah. Um, we we may have talked about these before. Uh, but let's kind of group them in one. That's uh, Flames of the Firebrand and Searing Spear. Basically, it's uh, Incinerate without the Regeneration Clause and Arc Lightning Reprint. Yeah. And I don't know if we have to go into too much detail about these nope. cards. No, nope. they're, they're both going in. Yeah. Uh, most likely the... Uh, I haven't figured out yet if the uh, Searing Spear is going to replace Volcanic Hammer or in addition to Volcanic Hammer. Yeah, uh, or fire ambush. If for those people who may run fire ambush, uh, like I would definitely do some soul searching. There's definitely the temptation to just go for the easy swap, which people sometimes do. They're like, "Oh, strict upgrade. I guess I'll do this without." Right, exactly, and that's what I'm going to have to look at to see if there's something that's maybe better for me to remove for the additional burn spell, or if it's just better to upgrade. So, yeah, or either way, it's going in one way or the other. Yeah, and especially Arc Lightning, like, jeez, that card's good. Yeah, I I mean, I like the first Arc Lightning. I really love Arc Trail. Yeah, I like Arc Trail better than Arc Lightning, but they're, they're Arc yeah, Lightning's still really good. Same, yeah, completely agree. Yeah. Uh, Crimson Muckwaiter, so this is Curd Lizard. This mm-hmm. is one in a red, 2-1, um, but it's bigger, it's a 3-2 if you control a swamp, and yeah. it regenerates for two and a black. Yeah, regeneration cost is a little high, but, like, I still think it's fine. As just three two for two out. is yeah like if it's a three two for two red black card which is traditionally an aggressive combination yeah sure like this is definitely better than goblin death raiders remember that card oh my god goblin death raiders <laughs> or uh, what about uh uh what's the rats uh gob gob rats knob gobbler oh, rats wow yeah with the uh, regen and hellbent yeah yeah this is definitely better than those. I, I, I know Knob Gobbler is not the correct one, but that's what we always called it. I think it's Hobgobbler. No, yeah, no. Hobgobbler? Uh, pretty sure. Let me double check. <laughs> I drafted a Very, little Right now, people are screaming at home what the real name of the card is and calling us idiots. Let's see. No, it's not Hobgobbler. Something... Yeah, because that sounds like Hobgoblin, and that wasn't yeah. it. Uh, I'll just search rats. I'm going to find, like, a... Hob... 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 Gob Hobbler. Gob Hobbler. So you were what just a little. What kind of stupid name is this? A little listexic. Yeah. What kind of stupid name is Gob Hobbler, rats? Gob Hobbler. Like, it's probably the noise they make when they eat. I guess. What are they? That doesn't even. It's like Omnomler rats or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think the card's solid. I think the card's solid. Yeah. It's like three mana. Three mana, three two is fine. Like its regeneration is high, and that's two mana, three two. Oh yeah, two mana, three two. Yeah, three mana is ugh. two mana. Like it's fine. Like it attacks for three. I mean that's that's fine. Sure. sure. Yeah, and it's it's not impossible to cast. Like I think something people are are ignoring on these cards is like like especially with like Flint of Four or whatever. 
um, just foreshadowing again. It's just like sometimes you'll just like like Watch Wolf, for example. You have to have a green and a white to play it on turn two. Right. With this, with like those, you can just play. You can play this off of like a red and a white, and then if you play it, it's just like Goblin Piker. Sometimes that's right. what you have to do, and then like turn three, you can play a swamp and attacks for three. Right. And that's fine. Like it gives a lot of power, which is you know. You know what I want when my red black aggro decks. I just want things that attack face. Like, oh. is two toughness a drawback. Like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, I mean, Back. then again, you know, there's like what that Garex uh, companion, right? That's, but that mana's got a little awkward. Like the double green is a little awkward for the for the benefit, you know. Oh, you're talking to the person who likes uh, Leatherback Bayloth, so that's true. That's true. <laughs> I did. Uh, I played that five is enormous. That's a big guy. That's, that's a big game. Another big game. Dragon. Thunder. Uh, okay. uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, this guy is nice. Yeah, he's definitely big game hunter. Three, three double red for a five five dragon. Flying haste. Good enough. When it comes into play, <laughs> everybody gets a Sunday and a cookie. Or when it comes into play, deal one damage to each flyer opponent controls. Tap them. Yeah, so all your random tokens dead, all your guys that are in the way, not in the way, nice, uh, nice Sphinx, nice, uh, nice Kaiga. Yeah, nice Snake Five. Yeah. 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 I I don't really know what more to say about this card. I mean, get one, put it in. It's awesome. I remember when I was. Unfortunately, it makes me wonder if, uh, Rorik's Bladewing has seen the end of his time. Yes. In my cube, or if there's another yes. five drop, I would rather replace. But uh, I don't know, ancient Hydra. I don't know. Do you uh, like ancient, like ancient Hydra? Do you like ancient Hydra or Rorix more? I mean, I like ancient Hydra more. Okay, fair enough. I like the fact that this guy is, you know, yeah, it's one less power than Rorix, but it's a full turn earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have that, uh, doesn't have that awkward triple red. Right. Still. Also get the also get the. Blink this guy and bash people again. Yeah, and it's almost unblockable too, which is nice. Like, like unless they have Cloud Thresher or something. Right, Flash Flyer. Yeah. Or, or yeah, Flash Flyer like a uh, you know V Click or something. It's getting in for five. Right. It's just like I don't know if I, I think I like, I think I like this guy better than Siege Gang and Aggro. Oh, that's really hard. Siege Gang is good. I, I think it's. I, I think you would be just fine with either of those in yeah. your red aggressive decks. Yeah. I don't think I would turn down either of those. Well, I would def- I would not turn down Gang, but like if I had to run one as my curve topper in red aggro, I, for right now I'd probably lean towards Hellkite. But it's hard. Like it's hard. They're both really good. Like I think I was texting Kenny about it before. You know when it's previewed on Facebook, but before the actual article went up, and uh-huh. I'm like. So I'm testing this card out. It's ridiculous. And he's like, yeah. Uh, I'll see if I can find the text message. I don't, I don't think he'll care if I read out text messages. <laughs> nope. See if I can find it. But I think he said something like, it's like the Red Bane Slayer. And this is before the article went up. Oh, before Chapin's article? I don't, I don't know if it was... Ch- no, yeah, Chapin, Chapin talked about it. But it was on the... Yeah, Chapin, Chapin you know, wrote the article about basically how it's better than Bane Slayer. Yeah. Like, you talked about how it's really good, but, uh, okay, I can't seem to find it. But, yeah, he was pretty much just like, yeah, this is like, this feels like 
really push. Like, it's like the Red Bane Slayer. I'm like, yeah. Yep. And, and that's when I kind of started hearing people like, I don't know if I have room for it in my cube. Like, I don't know if it if I have room for it anymore. I'm like, you, you probably do. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, is it worse? A lava axe that dies to Doomblade. That's like the worst. That's like the absolute worst case. That's, right. Cases you kill him. That's deal five. No, yeah. I mean, like I said, get this card. If yeah. you, you know, if it's a kind of card you want to play, put it in. I, and the thing is, it's, it bridges the gap very nicely between regular cubes and dragon cubes. Literally, I mean, it's it's got a home. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's got a home all. It's got a home everywhere. Yeah. As long as you play its rarity type, it's got a home. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good in the it's good in the haymaker deck and the in the haymaker decks. It's good in the aggro decks. Good in the mid range decks. Play the card. Yeah. Good in the wildfire deck. Oh yeah, it's insane in the wildfire deck. Survives wildfire, which is always good. Yeah. yeah it's really good. Slumbering dragon, not so much. Yeah, yeah, we can do without slumbering dragon. Although you know there are definitely ways to be creative with it, but yeah, who cares? They have to attack. They have to attack like five guys. I'm personally a big fan of, you know, the the magical Christmas land of turn one slumbering dragon, turn two miracle, the one green, it gets five plus one plus one counters, and everything has to block it. Huh. Wait, does that work? Because it can't attack unless it... Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah, it puts, the, it puts counters on it. Nice, nice. So it's just like, oh, turn two, eight, eight, attack. <laughs> wow. There's one other red card I did want to talk about that uh, was not on here originally, and that's Magma Quake. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, there are a fault line. Well, sure, but here's the thing, though, why I want to talk about Magma Quake is because it's, for those who don't know, it's X red red. It's an instant, which I think is important, uh, and it deals X damage to each non-flyer and each planeswalker, which is the first, one of the first iterations we've seen of directly dealing with planeswalkers. Yeah. You know, we talked earlier about, inter- you know, trying to be able to interact a little more directly with them, and I think this is a card that definitely does. Um, traditionally, one of the, you know, weaknesses of, let's say, uh, if you're the Wildfire deck, if you're the Armageddon deck, or things like that, you cannot do those sorts of things if your opponent has a planeswalker. Yeah. Because they're just going to get way far out ahead of you. Alternatively, if you have a planeswalker... Makes it even better. Yeah, but I think the the fact that this interacts directly with them um, helps you get out from under that overwhelming planeswalker deck. I think it has the potential to help you dig out from that because you're able to wrath basically all the people on the board with it. Yeah, and I, I am wondering, and I don't know the answer to this because while I do like being able to cycle things away. I don't know if I, I kind of want to try this in place of uh, Starstorm for a little while. Um, I don't know how important not hitting flyers is um, not, at this point. Not super huge, but yeah. But you know, I, I, do I want to give up the? Basically, you're giving up cycling and hitting flyers for being able to hit planeswalkers directly. My initial impression is that it's a downgrade, but I could be wrong. But like. Like I said, there's, like, Fault Line that can hit, there's, like, Instant, it's, like, the same thing, but it's, like, Earthquake at Instant, and I'm not sure which of those I like better. It just seems like, I don't know, it just seems, it just doesn't seem that great. Like being right. like, there, there are certainly situations, though, that you want to not be doing damage to yourself. Yeah. Um, 
And that's one of the annoying things about, like, the earthquakes and whatever. It's like, I, I want to stabilize. I need to kill all these guys for a sagro. I'll take five. Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of counter. i myself for five on top of everything else. So, you know, that's, I, I, like I said, I don't know if it's good enough, but I think if people are starting to feel that Planeswalker press that we were talking about earlier, that Planeswalker pressure, yeah. I think this is a card that you can use as a tool to try to help alleviate that. Yeah, like it's definitely something. Like it's a, it has, yeah, like it's got that use. Well, right, and the other thing too is the other thing that you know we can, that we have not seen a card been able to do before that this card can, and that's deal with multiple planeswalkers at the same time. Yeah. I mean, how? I mean, I'm sure we've all been in this situation where like you have a burn spell or whatever, and you can kill a planeswalker, but you can only kill one of them. You know, they have two planeswalkers in play with three loyalty, and you have to make a decision like. This allows you to come out from under multiple planeswalkers, which I think is, like I said, it's at this point, it, I believe it's unique. I don't think there's anything else that does that. Yeah. It's one of the worst feelings. I remember one time in a draft, like, opponent plays, uh, like, opponent played Jace Mind Sculptor. I'm like, uh-oh. And I was in kind of a dirtly deck. I, was, I mean, I was in the Moto Cube. I was, you know, of course, playing a dirtle deck. And then opponent played... Uh, Big, you know, five-man Liliana, I'm like, uh, well, I guess I'm kind of screwed now. Right. And I was, because I couldn't profitably attack either of them. I was like, oh, I guess I'm dead. And I died. I'm like, oh. Right, and this gives you a chance to, you know, if you're, especially if you're like a board control deck, to come out from behind that. So like I said, I, I think it's, I, I didn't, I didn't want to go through this cast and not mention it. I, I couldn't tell you whether or not I'm going to include it or not, but I think, uh, when a unique effect like that comes up, I, I think it's worth uh, at least a, a couple words. So, yeah, I've said, I've said my piece. Fair enough. All right, green. Uh, green. What's in green? Uh, Yo, bro, I heard you like sevens. No, yeah, that thing. With the, all. Seven, seven, seven. Like Vegas slot machines. Yeah. Worm. I'll like, just ass on it. No, yeah. <laughs> it's like some weird version of Ollie from Cairo. In a way. I don't know. I mean, right? Kind of, and it's kind of like a uh, uh, warship. Yeah. Your lights go below one. Yeah. But yeah, it's not not too good. I'm not I'm not a big fan. Like, uh, yeah, I don't need it. No, I think there's better seven mana guys anyway in in green. Like Palaka Worm, I'd rather Palaka Worm than this thing. Yeah, same. Boundless uh, Realms, another seven mana card that. Rampant growth for X for X amount of land to control, like Okay. Yeah. Seven mana, like come on. Like you're you're ramping into the seven mana, like prime time's fine because at least you're getting a six six. Hey, you can kill them with Obnixilus then. Oh that's true, there you go. Play that then we got this let's, let's <laughs> Omniscience. Definitely, definitely a uh, a slower type card. I mean I could I could see this getting usage in in slower formats for sure. Yeah. There we go. So, uh, what about Flint Hub Four? Oh, that card's good. That card's very good. One green man for two two boar. Uh, plus one plus one if you have a mountain. Spend red. Gain taste still in a turn. Uh, yeah, it's good. Very good. It's like I said earlier. Like, it's usually a watch wolf when you play it. That doesn't that doesn't require you to spend the mana. Sometimes it's just a watch wolf. Like in my testing, sometimes it's just a watch wolf. Sometimes it's uh, Bam Gang without Wither. Uh-huh. I'm okay, like, 
That's, either of those is fine. Like, if it's at worst a watchable, or at worst a, a, a 3-3 with haste for 3, that's fine. Like, that's really good. I guess it's it's pretty much what I want my red-green aggro decks. It's, uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it does definitely have, uh, does warrant a look, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely really good. Like, I'm not, again, I'm not sure, like, you know, competition, like, they're running it as a green card or a red-green card. Like, I'm running it over, uh, I forget what I'm testing it over, but, I mean, it's really good. Sure. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about East Tracker? Because we're running kind of long already. Yeah, no, the, don't worry, I, I, I don't need to talk about Beast Tracker. Uh, Thrag Tusk, I think, is one we should briefly talk about. Um, I, I, uh, there's been a lot of talk about this already. Four, four green, so four and a green, uh, for a 5-3 beast. When it enters play, you gain five life, but when it leaves play, you get a 3-3 three, three beast token. Yes, pretty so good. This is another one of those value cards that you have value on both sides. Uh, coming in, leaving play, uh, you know, worst case scenario, you play it and they doom blade it, you gain five and you have a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. Or even if I frost tighten it down, I mean, you still gain five. Like, okay. <laughs> I gain five. Like, the only the only thing that I can maybe see as a complaint about this, like, in the inevitable comparison between it and uh, whatever, Obstinate Bailoff, uh-huh. is that sometimes you might just be dead before you can cast it, or it's just not enough by that time. That's still fine. Like, it almost, it, it usually at least saves you. It, like, is a huge speed bump. It's like, when they play Batter Skull or something, like sure. they, have to, they have to deal with it. And then, you know, if they you, with Thrag Tusk, if you do deal with it, it's another roadblock because you know the red decks are, you know, it depends on if they're at the point where they're dealing damage with creatures or and or burn. But I mean, it's very good. Like, even if it's not gonna, you know, save you in time versus the red decks, which, you know, even if that's not the case, like it's still so much value, like. Trade sure. with a trade with a five five, or trade with a Indrix Stompaller and get a three three. Okay, sure, I'm okay with this. All right, reanimate it again. <laughs> like, sure, that's that's fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you have the what's his name deck once again, the uh, aforementioned Pant deck, you're like Thrag Tusk, momentary blanket. Oh, I was gonna say Venser, but yeah, that too. <laughs> Venser it. Right, Venture Planeswalker. It, yeah. There's, there's definitely uh, potential for abuse there. So, yeah. Uh, Yeva, Nature's Herald, two green green for a four four legendary Elf Shaman with Flash, and then once it's in play, all of your green creatures have Flash. Yeah, that's a card I really like. Like, uh, I, I think I've heard people were like, oh, it doesn't do enough, or it's not going to matter. Like, it's definitely like. Like, a Teferi, I've never been super, like, I had it in my cube for a while, but I took it out just because, like, its body was kind of meh, and, like, it, you know, it, it, this can't temper, like, this doesn't make them play portal style, like Teferi does, uh-huh. but it's a lot more efficient, and even, like, it has the restriction on green creatures, but, I mean, you're playing green, you've got creatures anyway, and most of them are utility guys. And, like, a lot of cubes don't run, uh, was it Naturalize or Cross and Grip or whatever? Sure. So, a nice thing about this is, like, say if they're in an equipment deck or something, they're like, oh, I'll attack with my sword of Feast and Famine guy, lol, take 20, or, you know, something stupid. 
Like, this at least gives you an instant speed way to deal with artifacts and enchantments, you know, at instant speed. Mm-hmm. This is very versatile. I mean, and worse comes to worse, it's a 4-4 flash for 4 that usually kills an attacker. Like, it's, it's a thing that's kind of understated when it comes to instant speed guys. It's, like, almost always just eating an attacker, like a, like a Kelvin champion or whatever. Right. And I think that's understated, like, when I was talking to some people about it, they're like, well, it's not going to do enough, or it, it, it won't always kill their guy, or it's not, not necessarily Necrotal. I mean, or Necrotal, it's not Necrotal because it doesn't, Necrotal can kill anything, and this just kills four power guys. It's like, yeah, but it's only half the card. Like, then you can cast stuff with Flash. I can, I'll cast Thrag Tusk if they think they're going to kill me with Burn. I'll cast Woodfall Primus and kill their, I'll kill their Planeswalker during combat if they waited till second main to use their ability. Right. It just has a lot of uses, like, and I took out, uh, what's that, Blaster for it, and I don't know if that's going to last, but I mean, I think it's fine. Yeah, I, uh... Like, I, I think Blaster... too iconic for me. I think yeah. I can I think deal with like, Alcacidurm. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just the, uh... Plane shifted, whatever. Copy or whatever. Yeah. Plus. And I think Blasterm and Calcidurm are exceptionally good cards. Like, they're really good. It's just, like, I just think the cards that are replacing them are better. Sure. Yeah, just a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I think that... I guess that covers it. Like, I think Yeva's really good. I think... Green got some really good stuff too. Like right. Uh, the only other, th- the couple other cards that I think are kind of interesting, uh, but I don't know how interesting are Cathedral of War, which is the uh, land, the Exalted Land. Yeah, I think that has some interest in it. Um, Hellion Crucible, which is just the the land to uh, give yourself a, a four four guy over time. Hmm. But, you know, none of them are particularly exciting. But, like, I, I, I'd be interested to hear how Cathedral of War goes for people. And that's a card I... All right, I need to write myself a reminder of that, too, to test that out. But I think that's going to be a card that, like... Just, I don't know if that's going to make into many cubes just because of the competition in lands or colorless or whatever for Cathedral, just because there's just a lot of good artifacts and lands. But I'm going to try it. I'll test it out. Sure, but, you know, I also love the contention that people don't play enough lands anyway, so... Yeah. And, and they don't draft them high enough. Right. I th- yeah, okay. I, just, just so you know, uh, I second-picked in my uh, recent very, very good Boros deck in Justin Parnell's Cube, I passed a sort of Feast and Famine pick two for a Sacred Foundry. Wow. That's dedication. And as it turns out, I <sighs> didn't lose the game. Nice. So... It was just like, I know that I need this card to make my deck work. Yeah. And I will, you know, I will function just fine without the Sword of Feast and Famine. Yeah. But I definitely want to be able to cast all my spells at the right time for the aggressive decks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, worse, I mean, there's going to be other swords and other good equipment. There's only two duels. There's right. only... There's, 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 uh, you know, the, the previous draft taught me... I had a blue-white deck the previous uh, draft that I had done, and I only had a Hallowed Fountain. All I had for fixing was a Hallowed Fountain, and I had a, uh, a Coalition Relic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lost multiple games because I didn't have correct colors. Oh, that sucks. Where I just got, you know, I had like four of my five planes in play and no islands and a handful of uh, blue cards. Oh. Um, or vice versa. So, you, you know, whenever you think that you've mastered a lesson, 
even though I took, I think I took all the blue white lands I saw, which was just the one. It just like reminds you again of how important doing things like that is. Yeah, harking back to our, uh, you know, fifth episode or whatever that was. Yeah, take your take your lands. Nice tight focus, you know. Yeah. Because you know, casting, playing magic is playing sword is fun, but not being able to play your spells not fun. Yeah, that's like the worst feeling ever. And that's like one of the things I'm noticing with like the the uh, like watching people stream IPA drafts because the man on that format was just so bad outside of green. Right. It was just like watching people like go. There was one draft I was watching right before we recorded. It was like like I was Grixis splash green for like. Aether mutation and like some savage gorillas or whatever, and he it, like his mana base was just wrecking him just because like he he was you know couldn't couldn't cast stuff it was just right. awkward. Granted, you couldn't really. I think the only time he could have taken fixing was like there were the cameos like there were three mana tap to add. Yeah, up. he he could have taken the blue black cameo. We took something else, and I remember in the chat screaming like, "Take the cameo! Like you need it." He's like, nope, I want to take this other card that does nothing. <laughs> and yeah, it's bad, right? Uh, also, Hellion Crucible seems interesting. Like, but, you know, it's like, tap to add one, spend one in a red, tap to add a pressure counter, and then uh, spend one in a red, tap, uh, you know, remove two counters, put a 4-4 four, four with haste and whatever, and sack it. Like, it's nice that you can play it at least in installments, but it uh, felt like when I was testing it, I didn't haven't done a ton of testing, but it just felt like my red decks were usually just using all their mana, you know? Sure, and I and I get that. And, you know, I'm not sure how good a 4-4 is in the mid-to-late game when it's on the board. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not like you can go, you know, it's not like you can sandbag it. The way it's set up, you can't sandbag it and then just, like, put it into play and get the 4-4 the same turn. Yeah, you have to because you have to tap it to put the pressure counter on it. You can't, you know, the people are going to know that at some point in time you're going to have a four-four haster and they can plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. So, right now, if this just said, you know, one red or one one or two red or one red red, put a pressure counter on it, you know, do whatever. Then at least in the late game you could conceptualize putting it into play, spending a bunch of mana on it, activating it. You know, it's an uncounterable case creature that you might be able to kill somebody with it. But as it stands, I don't think it's it's quite quite up to stuff. No, so. it's like yeah, just and also just a ton of mana too, which is annoying in the red deck. Yeah, it makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Really, I think that covers everything. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's a door to nothingness. New yes, art. a fan, right? People can get their doors now and check it out. Oh, just to relate, uh, the aforementioned Zach may or may not have uh, killed somebody with Door to Nothingness on turn five in my cube. <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, so a welder, turn one. Like turn two, signet. Uh, turn three, more signets. Um, then he got hit with... Uh, a sort of feast and famine, huh. um, or not, not sort of feast and famine, a sort of body and mind. Oh. Um, I believe he then welded the uh, welded the door into play, and on turn five there was also a lotus bloom in his yard. Was able to tap his lands and signets, and then weld away another one of the signets to get the lotus bloom back for the last color he needed. 
Wow. <laughs> there was there was some there was it definitely involved welding away a signet to put a lotus bloom into play. So he might have played door on turn four and then got it might have been like signet on two, two signets on three, um, door on four, get hit with sort of body and mind, turn five, weld away signet for lotus bloom kill you. Wow. That's pretty sick. So yeah, that was a that was a nice one. Achievement unlocked. Wow. That's pretty cool. So, uh, real quickly, I did want to talk about, uh, since I said about talking about shots earlier, uh, for those of you who are interested in other types of cubes, um, uh, I wanted to point out a new cube uh, that's been released recently, or a new addendum to cube. Uh, it is called the Booze Cube. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. that was... And it's uh, the Booze Cube, T H E B O O Z E Cube, uh, dot blogspot dot com, and it has a complete visual spoiler there of the Booze Cube, um, and it's got some uh, interesting cards. Basically, a lot of the cards are revolved around taking drinks. Uh, wow. For example, there is Beer Night, which is you know, and the artwork is you know the guy who made armor out of you know. Boxes of beer, uh, and so you know, two two first striker for white white with booze touch. That whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, that player drinks. Um, there is let's see, uh, a planeswalker called Chad the Pledge Master. The plus two is each player drinks two. Minus one is put a white two two pledge token onto the battlefield, and minus X is search your library for an enchantment. With converted mana cost X and put it into the battlefield. Huh. Um, and he's a five mana, three planeswalker. Some of the blue cards are pretty amusing. Uh, let's see here. Oh, one white uh, group drink. Each player drinks. Draw a card. I remember the vamp tutor was like a tutor or something, and then like take a kicker, take ten shots or something. And if you do like, I don't know, tutor two cards or something, something ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. For people who uh, have ever played Skyrim, there's Arrow to the Knee, <laughs> which is uh, one white exile target attacking creature. Drink X, where X is the sum of the creature's power and toughness. Oh, jeez. Don't exile Titan. Two drink minimum, which oh. is uh, enchantment. Creatures cannot attack you unless their controller drinks two for each attacking creature. Uh-oh. Kenny's going to be Cap- screwed. Captain Morgan is a planeswalker. <laughs> wow. There's uh, there's uh, quite a few nice ones, but if you're uh, amused by people making creative uh, creative cards that are adult themed, you should certainly take a look at these. Um, there's some pretty entertaining ones for sure. I'm trying to see if there's some of the. It's hard for me to look through and remember uh, which ones it is. Oh, uh, so uh, sloppy seconds. <laughs> Return target. Return target creature to its owner's hand for so for one and a blue, but it has flashback drink four. Oh jeez! Like uh, the most interesting mage in the world, two on unblockable boost touch. What's boost touch? Yeah, that if it hits them, they have to drink. Oh oh wow! Um, Trivial pursuit. And this might be one of my favorite ones. One blue 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 sorcery. Target opponent asks you a question from the game Trivial Pursuit. You choose the category. If you answer correctly, draw a card, otherwise drink. You may repeat this process any number of times. What? What? 
Wow. Yeah, there's there's some very good card names like Necropotent, <laughs> Drink, Drinking Alone, Bloody Mary, Bourbon Entity, Cirrhosis <laughs> Demon. Wow. Montezuma's Revenge. Uh, what? Uh, Yogmoth's Bong Hit. <laughs> oh, jeez. Chandra Gong Wild. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, did, they did a real good job of uh, MSE, MSEing up uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of fun cards. So check that out. It's yep. uh, theboopscube.blogspot.com. So. Yep. Should we do uh, blatant plugs of stuff and things? Of course, of course. Uh, go to it. Oh, I thought you were going to start. <laughs> oh, okay. well, I can certainly start. Well, you can, of course, you can find our the blog at uh, I'd rather be cubing Uh You can find me on Twitter at Antney42, A N T K N E E42. You can find Usman at, at Usman the Rad. Uh, Usman also writes for StarCityGames.com. You can check his articles out there. Yeah. Uh, very, very good uh, theory, uh, cube theory articles. Check those out. And a sleep um, aid, in case you can't sleep. <laughs> uh, come on now, don't get down on yourself. Very good, very good academic articles. You know, it's not it's not the booze cube, no. but it's uh, it's always very very good information. And you know, if you listen to the podcast at all, you know that Usman works really hard at testing cards and getting real data for things to be able to to have an educated viewpoint. So check those out. Um, Look for an article I've written, you know, one article I'm now writing for LegitMTG.com. Uh, I'm doing a cube archetype series and where you can learn how to draft different uh, cube archetypes. Um, if you're listening to this, you may have, you probably already know how to draft cube archetypes, but uh, there may be some, uh, hopefully there'll be some information in there for even uh, advanced level cubers that you uh, may have missed out on. Um, and then look for more stuff from me there too, including an M13 review, which I'm sure we'll both be doing. Yep. Uh, what else? Uh, the email. Oh yeah. MTG the third power at gmail dot com. Um, and we keep saying we're going to start that Twitter account. I, we do have an at uh, the third power. I believe I reserved it a while ago. Um, that or like have, MTG third that. power or something. Yeah, no. MTG. It might have been MTG the third MTG third power. I don't know. I'll have to find out what it is. Yeah. I'll have to go look. <laughs> so at some point we'll start that. We'll let you guys know when that fires off and. Uh, any other plugs that you want to get in here? Uh, no, that's it. I think uh, I think that covers it. All right. Well, it's been great doing this again, and for all you people out there, hopefully uh, the length isn't too daunting. I know we've uh, had to go over two sets, so we're pushing. You know, we're definitely over two hours, and we've heard people who love it, people who don't love it. But please give us some feedback on what you think of the length of the show. Uh, and, I think uh, to all of us and some show ideas because. Those are good, too. <laughs> yeah, we always like show ideas. We got some, some nice show ideas recently, so hopefully now that summer's here and there'll possibly be a second computer arriving, we'll be able to do this on a uh, a more regular basis. So Yeah, that would be sweet. Looking forward to it. Yep. Sweet. I guess we got uh, one more thing. That's right. There is one more thing left to do. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Magic 2013. Face a greater challenge. See you guys next time. All right. Peace out. Later.